right? And test one, too. And we are recording. <laughs> yes. So, Mic Tumblr roleplay. How did you get into Tumblr role? And are you, <laughs> How did... are you, who are you playing, playing your fucking first stage Noldor elf who fucking hates Hilarious the questions. Uh, first of all, I got into Tumblr ro- uh, Lord of the Rings Tumblr roleplay by being myself. Uh, it just naturally hmm. happened. I was subsumed into the community as if I had meant to be there that whole time. Second of all... <laughs> Obviously, I'm role-playing Boromir. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, bold. A bold, ju- a bold claim. A bold, to pick I would have never guessed. Character. No, who would have guessed? <laughs> but I am also role-playing Theodred and uh, Sotaro as well. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do all three of them. <laughs> wow, you are you are wearing many hats in that role play. I wear many hats in this role. Like, I, but well, all three of them, sa- the same hat, the just different styling. Exactly. I mean, the thing is that like a lot of the, the issue with Tom, with, the issue with Lord of the Rings role play is that the the community will go in these kind of um, uh, uh, gradations of preferring the books over the over the Silmarillion and then preferring the Silmarillion over the books and like it'll go up and down and so mm-hmm. people will come and people will leave and so at some point or another I'll be role playing Boromir and the only active blogs are like Finrod, Fionor, <laughs> Maethros and I'm like well I can't really interact with any of you. <laughs> this is impossible I, now. I don't Just belong you standing here. in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, so I so and so that's that is that is the major reason why Sotaro is here because she exists in literally every timeline that has ever existed yes. in Lord of the Rings ever. So she's perfect to just there we go. Yeah, she's like the Doctor. Uh... <laughs> she she really is like the Doctor. In fact, uh, quite quite similar in in terms of narrative structure. <laughs> the Doctor, if he was all about violence isn't the answer violence is the question and the answer is yes <laughs> exactly uh, wow that's exciting <laughs> oh i've i've interacted with sataro uh, yes a few actually times. actually the sataro the you know is a far nicer person than the person that she is in lord of the rings like oh actually wait i'm so sorry no we role played together as yeah no, no we, we have role played together we have yeah point. no i'm so sorry i was thinking of because uh, her name isn't actually sataro in um no, she, her name is. She has multiple names. She has like thirteen to twenty names in yeah. Lord of the Rings. But anyway, but yes, like every other character in Lord of the Rings. I could check our role play server to actually yeah, the... remember. Yeah, <laughs> you <it was>. could. <laughs> Goodness, it, mm. big supporters of role play. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very cool medium and a, and a way to interact with uh, with stories and narratives in an and expansive way. And other yeah. people, exactly. Okay, one sec. I need to fix my pillow back here because I'm just looking at it. It's like sticking out of the cover and it's fucking... <laughs> so We're a oh. podcast. They'll never know. Yeah, they I won't know, No, Kaz. but that's for me because I have my <laughs> camera on and my right. eyes keep wandering over uh... to the little white spot that I'm like, that <laughs> shouldn't be there. <clears throat> Steph gets home from work and just like throws their bra like in the background of my office Excellent. and i'm like Makes i sense. have whole zoom meetings and people my clients are just <laughs> gonna see this they'll know that you just have really hot sex it's cool decor obviously yes. it's cool it. yeah. it's, it's called i've got game exactly. and respect it <laughs> yeah me and my wife fuck look at my dog exactly. <laughs> yeah. we have and a here's dog. my dog 
And here's yeah. my dog. Uh, get a t-shirt. With your yeah, me and my wife fuck. And then on the back it just says, look at my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that's lesbianism, folks. <laughs> that, is, that is truly the heart that's of lesbianism. lesbianism right there. Uh, that's lesbianism, baby. And with that... And with yeah. that, I suppose we might as well actually begin the episode. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why the hell not? <laughs> All right. In three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion, where I, Paul, talk with Tori about a variety of different things, most notably Lord of the Rings. Uh, most recently, we beginning our, uh, our foray into Fellowship of the Ring with Tori's first time reading the books. However, sorry, guys, you're going to have to wait. Uh, like Frodo and company, we are currently uh, relaxing in the woody end under the watchful eye of Gildor and Glorian, and, and taking our time instead to review uh, the most recent addition to the Tolkien lore. I, well, not I'm not going to go so far as to say addition. Addition to, to the, to the world, the Tolkien world. To the, to the I Tolkien... would also call it an addition. I would. Edition, yeah. It, it yeah. adds. It adds a lot. I have got things I it, want to talk about. It does about add the a lot. That it gives, but anyway, it, I, it, it does add a lot. But again, I will constantly say there has been no new canon since 1972 when J.R.R. Tolkien no. kicked the fucking butt. Like people who are like, oh, but it's not canon. And it's like, bitch, nothing's been canon since Tolkien died. Like, here I mean, are the yeah. books. This is yeah. the canon. Everything else. Nothing, everything nothing else. Just having fun with texts. Everything else yeah. is stuff that his son came out from the kitchen with and was like, "Might would you want some of this?" And we're like, "Sure!" Like, like it's like, "Oh, my some of my dad's old recipes," and it's like, "Hell yeah, bring bring out that stuff!" And then Peter Jackson came in with his fast food and was like, "Try that shit," and we're like, "Oh, this was great too. It's not perfect, I but like, it's fantastic." I was uh, a snob. I was like, I don't eat McDonald's. You were a Sorry. snob. Okay, you say you're a snob, but again, every time we watch those fucking movies, that you get, you get choked up at points, and you have a very don't you have a, don't say you're a snob because you have okay, out, you Aaron. act like Call a snob, but then we like we you act like the snob, but then we like open the door to the bathroom, and you're in there eating one of the burgers, and you're yeah, like, don't right. look at me, don't all look right. at me. This analogy okay. is going great. I love Bye. it. It's a gr- <laughs> it is a good analogy. I mean, that is it what, is. But yeah. I, I'm not I'm not particularly ashamed about how much I sometimes at specific intervals enjoy watching the films. Sometimes, maybe, maybe. every now and then. Every now and then. It's not like I like you or anything. It's not like I like them or anything. It's not like I like. It's not like I think Aragorn in the films is just a fundamentally more enjoyable character to watch than in the books, and so I, I have, I have an emotion about him. (laughs) Just one. but yes, as, as in case that none of you realized it, uh, welcome to our guest today, Aaron, longtime <laughs> friend of the podcast and contributor, uh, especially when again. in regards to Rings of Power. So yes, Aaron's here. Again, you know what we're talking about. It's the Ring Pops yep. of Power. Rings of Power. 
<laughs> they dragged but, me out of um... the mud again. I was snapping <laughs> so happily, a little <laughs> little hibernating frog, and then they were then they dug me up, put me in water, and put me on their podcast. It's very cool of them. <laughs> It's and very, then we recorded it, an episode, lost the audio, and so here we oh, are again. So painful. Might as well I'm just so get. Sorry. Eh, it was a halfway episode anyway. Like this mm. is the, we can actually like actually talk about more of the story with this. We can. We can't just. We're not just going to be speculating all the time. We will be speculating yeah. towards the end, of course, because there's going to be multiple seasons of this. But mm-hmm. for this podcast, this will primarily be a retrospective. Hmm. on the rings of power and then we can start guessing oh where do you think it's going to go from here because in general we do know where it's going to go from here mm, but yeah. not specifics um and, and that really is it's one of my favorite parts of this show actually because that it's you're not going to be too not surprised gonna, yes. but just surprised enough oh it's so it's such a relief it's like most new media these days is so like what's the word I, like i'm just too i'm just too frazzled by the world as it is (laughs) to engage in media where i don't know what's going to happen but Mm. rings of power is this perfect but i also don't want to like re-watch things that i know exactly what's going to happen so rings of power is this perfect little midpoint between me knowing basically how this is all going to turn out and exactly who's going to die vaguely but also i don't know exactly how that's all going to go how it's all gonna gonna get there and it's just oh it's perfect it's satisfying a very specific need in me in this particular time i just love the character arc of aaron being very (laughs) gruntled over the show like i want to (laughs) compare first like podcast recording with aaron to now and just this beautiful arc i've got to witness (laughs) yes look i'm gonna i'm gonna say it at the beginning of that arc they had not interacted very much with you. And then the more yeah. they interacted with you, Tori, <laughs> oh, that's so your, sweet your optimism, your <laughs> optimism and positivity, I feel, you, you melted Aaron's cold, dead you heart did. and brought you something did. out in them. My cold, frosty frog heart, you just <laughs> melted it and now I'm... And now yeah. I do, I'm happy I mean, to like, be of service. <laughs> you're so, I, I, so proud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it was just such a... Like, it... it, it it was really enjoyable to experience something happening in the fandom, both from like my perspective of being in here for my whole life since I was eight years old, and 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 then Tori, who was just coming into it and was experiencing everything so new and so fresh for the first time, and it was just like it was so it was it was like you know you know you know when characters when grizzled characters grizzled war veterans are given like like. A, 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 a dog innocent... no not a dog <laughs> oh no like like a child friend. Or <laughs> yes, oh, okay. like an innocent new friend who's like i love the world and then they gradually relearn to love the world again like it was it was kind I of thought, like that i thought you were going along the lines of like a like a comfort dog for like a grizzled <laughs> veteran i'll take both analogies it's fine i accept both so yes, Tori doesn't mind being called a dog. Yeah, fine. I'll leave that to Kaz. I, I want it. No, I want it written in the records. I did not compare Tori to a dog. That was all Kaz. What um, dogs are awesome. Dogs are awesome. That's true. I love it. I love it. But Aaron, anyway. I'm gonna need that review yes. written down so I can like pin it on our 
on our Twitter. <laughs> I will. I'll the best review. Out for you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who've been living under a rock or have just not had an interest in it and then want to listen to our podcast about it, or maybe no been lost at sea on a raft. Just, or yeah. been lost at sea on a raft with Sauron. Uh, if your memory, but we'll get to ha- if your memory, if your memory's been lost since you yeah. fell from the heavens, mm, uh, yeah. if if you've been busy trying to organize an orc revolution, you know, yeah, okay. you haven't had time. We're here for you. Uh, this will kind of be. We're not going to give a whole recap because a lot actually fucking happens in this season. Yeah. But we're going to make references to stuff. This is a very spoiler heavy thing cuz we're talking like we're talking about the fucking season, guys. Yeah, if you okay. don't want spoilers, I'm not gonna... you should have stopped listening like 12 minutes ago. Here's my spoiler-free review. <laughs> you know what? Actually, let's start out with this. Okay. Out of the 19 rings of power, how many rings oh. do you give this show? Oh. <laughs> That's an in- Okay. Hmm. I'm giving it Six, 15. 15 rings. I was going to say 15. Yeah, 15. I, I would, Solid 15. I was the, th- say... the three are hidden from me. I cannot I see them. I was going to say 14, 15, yeah. I, that, that was around the area, too. I think. Uh, Which uh, are generally positive. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, generally positive. I I enjoyed myself while watching it. Um, And, again, there will always be quibbles, but I think every piece of media should have quibbles. I will never... That's perfect. Yeah. As Hannah Montana said, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And I know if I was making... I, I know that... Because I've already written, like, screenplays for, like, a fucking Silmarillion pilot. Like, I look at it every now and again, and I go, oh, this is utter tripe. No one would ever like this. <laughs> and then, like, some people say, oh, my gosh, this was pretty cool. I hope something comes of this. I'm like, nothing ever will. But that's how I kind of feel about every good, like, every good piece of media. Like, there's always going to yeah. be quibbles. There's that's always going to be flaws. And you know what? That makes That's what makes it human media. Sorry, mm-hmm. like... These and I also think I think as well as it depends on who you are, whether or not these specific issues affect you. I think True. I think like a lot of the a lot of uh, the majority of the issues that I had with this show were entirely like like I could put them in a personal preference box, right? Like mm-hmm. most of them, I could be like th- like the entire reason why I disliked them was because I was already attached to the media beforehand, right? Like yes. that's where that most is such of my a good quibbles distinction went. Distinction that I think some people need to make that if it's a they yeah, people are saying yeah they're saying we it's need... bad or it's trash but then it's like lest you, listen that's like your you, opinion you, man you have to you like like you have to you have to decide whether or not you want me to go on my long in-depth rant about that's why you're the... here <laughs> well, no, but my specifically long in-depth rant about the ways in which the Tolkien fandom treats uh, Tolkien as both an author and as a man. And Honestly, as I think his text that's what's needed. Oh, I think that's it... what's needed. I feel like <laughs> people need to wake up. These sheeple, these sheeple that we have it's, it's, in the Tolkien it's fandom. So, like, it's so... It got to such an... In- it was so insane. <laughs> it was so They're insane. So... They're so I, I, reverential of Tolkien, like they put him the, it's above. The, it's the canonization so of Tolkien into a saint is the issue. The issue is making so they take Tolkien right, and they they create this character in their minds. No matter who, like the, this is. I mean, this is the this is the ridiculous part of it, right? Throughout the entire Tolkien fandom, there are as many Tolkiens 
as there are people in the fandom, right? Like people who, as as many people as who who enjoy the books, they have created in their minds an idea of who Tolkien is to them. And as soon as somebody else comes along and and like uh, 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 transgresses against that idea that they have in both both in his own writing and what they perceive as his morals. They go off the fucking and and you get people saying things like this is a this is a this is a, an abomination and like they use these words that are like like the word like if you took out Tolkien and it's then heresy sin. yeah like this is it, heresy it's, it's he never it's stand so religious for this. be gone apostate but he's dead so it's fine let's well, it's, but it's also like it's a like, mi- it's, it's not even a, just that yeah it's it, it's it's. Hmm. Like, like, even if, even if he wasn't dead, right? People, as like, like I, people actually, like, I'm. This is this is a hot take. As soon as you publish something, technically the book doesn't like the like the story that you wrote that belongs to you. Everything else that happens to that story in the minds of people and in the people who write stuff about it and in the people who like engage in it that doesn't belong to you anymore, right? Like the like as soon as you write a book and you put it out there. You, it doesn't actually belong to you anymore, no matter what copyright actually says. <laughs> but like in a in a spiritual way, it doesn't actually yeah. belong to you anymore. And the work and is transformative. It, the work is transformative, and as soon as you ha- and and like that's like and that's not to say that like there is of course like me like this sounds kind of hypocritical in terms of my position right as being like ultimate hater of the of the films, but. The point, but the point is, I never called the films abominations. Like I never said that, like the films were something that were like sin, sins against Tolkien or whatever. I've never said that. It's always, and I've always known in my heart that the reason I hate these films is because of my personal investment in the narratives of the book that were discarded in the films, but replaced with narratives that other people found very empowering and. Uh, powerful and important to them, right? Like I, and that's... I, the way people are so passionate about Faramir, uh, <sighs> specifically due to the movies and then <laughs> your view of it, it's just because I because all right because all, right, all right, Aaron, just take deep breaths, take deep breaths, because I you both like there are, there are valid like interpretations of this specifically. Okay, from the books. Aaron is correct in being like Stuart Denethor II is a fantastic leader. He does everything he can for the protection of his people. Boromir, his son, takes after him quite a bit by putting the needs of the many in front of his own and just being a very excellent leader of men and just putting their all. And it's tragic that their so their lives are so callously thrown away in this quest in which they can't even reap the rewards of. They have worked so hard and they can't even be around for when the skies over Mordor are finally cleared, when the mountains of shadow are no longer dark they can't experience that and that is a tragedy that is horrific and the fact that faramir is so willing to throw all of it away on principle on morals when that does very little for the need of people and religion uh the weird pseudo religion that this but again that's like we can't i can't go entirely into your entire essay but this is basically (laughs) what i've gleaned from your from your work from your work um (laughs) 
And, like, that's... It's a very moving story, specifically for almost kind of, like, the anti-theist crowd. Those who are perfectly, like, capable of railing, being able to rail against God and the injustices of the world and be like, would a just God put this here? And, like, that... Fantastic. Go off, Queen. Uh, that it's just it's amazing it's fantastic and i hated you at first for having to listen to it but it's the meme of like they hated jesus for what he had to say but then like i over time i started seeing it more and more i'm like oh yeah oh, that's great but then you also have people who have their first exposure was to the films and a lot of I find a lot of queer people have latched on to Faramir's story in the films yes. as kind of being their story of rejection by a parental figure, yes. uh, but have still having the connection with like an elder sibling who still looks out for them and still cares for them, and that yes. and that's cares that like that's very important to them too. And so, granted, I love, like, stirring the pot and being like, oh, let's make these two people fight. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, both are very valid interpretations. They just come from different parts of Tolkien. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah, that's basically what I have yes. to say. It's like, well, at the end of the yes. day, people just need to realize that there's always going to be different interpretations of characters. There's always going to be different interpretations of Tolkien. There's always going to be, like, I'm, I'm coming with this most recent uh, read-through. I've always been a big fan of Bilbo Baggins. Finally starting Fellowship of the Ring over again, I'm kind of very annoyed with Bilbo. <laughs> because he keeps he keeps looking at Frodo as him when he was young rather than his own person. And he's mm -hmm. almost kind of negated Frodo's personhood by just kind of putting forward this big Bilbo persona and being like, oh, Frodo's just like me. He doesn't want to come on the adventure with me to the Lonely Mountain and Rivendell. No, he, he wants to stay in the Shire. When, in fact, Frodo does not want to stay in the Shire. He wants to go with Bilbo. Every day Bilbo is gone, he is longing to be with him again. He doesn't want to be the master of Bag End. He wanted the last remnants of his family to be with him. And yeah. so that's it's it's the very fluid way that we humans can look at tales and see a character and say oh my gosh that's me or oh my gosh this person is so righteous or that person is so cruel when the other person sitting next to you goes how did you get that interpretation <laughs> and I think it destroys a good portion of the beauty of reading books to say there is only one proper way to read a story and this uh, this applies to queer readings of lord of the rings looking at frodo and sam you have the people who are like oh my gosh looking at the at the queer exactly oh my gosh sounds. frodo and sam are not in love they're really good friends you're negating male friendship by doing this and yes. it's like not at I all negating. not at all male, male friendship like Men the queer reading friends, is not a negation <laughs> of the reading of them as friends. For one, a lot of people who are married to the same sex are like started out as really good friends with that same person. Like this and is the person they chose to live still with their good entire friends life with. with them and as are well. still a good concept. friends. Maybe a even what a concept. Can you Incredible. believe the concept of being married and still be it's like still crazy. loving this person? I, but, I learned this a lot when time, I got married so much advice about oh, what to God. do when you fight yes. and don't raise your voice and try not to like hit and we're like 
Try not to hit. What are you preschoolers? What are you preschoolers? Try not to hit, Tori. Yeah. Do you all love anyway? Anyway, but at the at the end of the day. The queer reading is not a negation of Frodo and Sam's friendship. And if you only read their relationship as them being tried and true friends, good for you. Congrats. You have gone, you have broken through the barriers of toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. looked at how men can be soft and gentle with each other without necessarily having to be romantic. Well done. Good on you. But then you also have people who read it and identify a lot with Frodo and Sam, plenty of queer people who look at that and go, oh my god, what a beautiful relationship. What a beautiful love story. And that neither negates the other. That's why Jimmy's work is so fun. Yeah. Like, you can't have these (laughs) conversations and different viewpoints and discussions Mm. and in his giant world that he created. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is the other thing about Tolkien, like the fact that, because the way in which Tolkien writes, it, 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 it like encourages you to find different viewpoints in it, right? Like the whole, the whole ways in which Tolkien has built his world is almost requesting that you, uh, you have, that you that you squirrel out the various possibilities of how this could have gone because of all of this not only just not only just because of the way this specific book is written like Tolkien and Lord of the Rings have have this like mm, it's hard to call it a a, a a an unreliable narrator but it, it it like we do know who the narrators are very specifically and you can actually re- read through the book and kind of guess which person told frodo this part of the of the story right and so you get these situations like uh, the the best example i think is the part where like so you so you see uh in lothlorien the fellowship arrive uh and they and they get into this kerfuffle with haldir right because because haldir's like actually all of you can come in except gimli you're a dwarf and because you're a dwarf you are actually not allowed in we have graciously decided to let you in just so long as you wear a blindfold the whole way. Uh, none of the rest of you need to do that. Just Gimli. And then Gimli saying, actually, I would rather you, I would rather not live in a place uh, or be, or go to a place where people actually hate me uh, and, and are so racist. I'm leaving. And then Haldir says, if you leave, I will shoot you. <laughs> I will fully kill you. And then, and then, and then, you know, and then all, all of everyone gets blindfolded because Aragorn's like, oh, it is very hard on the dwarf it is very hard on the dwarf to be so singled out but then you go you 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 like go to like uh the two towers and you get to frodo talking to faramir where he and and frodo literally like he presents that situation as gimli found it gimli found it hard to be blindfolded but me and my but 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 sam and i found it perfectly fine like he doesn't he completely like negates the aspect of it which is that Gimli did not have a problem with being blindfolded (laughs) he had a problem with the racism (laughs) like and so and so you you see that and and then you can extrapolate that out to the variety of other characters who have speaking lines about other characters and have like opinions and and perspectives especially gandalf and and then you read that and then you read what the other characters did and said and you can kind you can kind of find a myriad of possible like interpretations within that right like it that's mm-hmm. and so and so that is how 
that's how the book is that's how all of the books are structured they ask you to do this it is enjoyable because you can like that's one of the main draws for the lord of the rings for me anyway and um, a bit another big part is simply how tolkien leaves a lot unsaid like yes like oh that place is called enidwaith it's like okay what's there some people <laughs> probably the uh, maybe some trees <laughs> mm. <laughs> Who knows? What, that that's I mean, rune what's in rune the easterlings okay what are they like they're human well, they, he does they have... fight they fight for sauron sometimes yeah, they don't like gondor <laughs> the what's their culture like i don't know they like <laughs> chariots they like chariots <laughs> who doesn't um and but yeah but but i would say also like um, I, I, uh, trying to uh, trying to narrow us back into talking about Rings of Power, but through yes. a way in which we'll make Kaz mad. Um, <laughs> the the things <laughs> one of the one of the things I wanted to like to like first focus on in terms of Rings of pa- Rings of Power's treatment of the text versus how how Peter Jackson treated the text is the way in which so for example Peter Jackson right he took Aragorn. And he was like, uh, no, none of this. Like, he, he took Aragorn from the book and was like, no, none of this. Throw it all out. He's, he's none of these things. He's not prideful. He's not, uh, he's not desiring the crown. He, he actually hates the idea of being king. And the whole story actually is going to revolve around him becoming, accepting the fact that he has to be king because he's so important, right? Like, and that's actually, we're going to, we're going to shift every single character around so that everything culminates into this necessity for Aragorn to be king in the films. When that was, that is, that is just fundamentally not, like, the the, the whole, it's not in the book. Like, that's, that is a, that is a, like, the, he made Aragorn the opposite of the character that he is in the book, right? to fit in with the media that he was creating like he was creating the, the the way in which this media works it was going to be it like it would have been it would have been very strange i suppose to have this protagonist who is also who also like you kind of don't want anyway but the point is rings of power on the other hand when you look at the when you look at the specifically like if you look at galadriel's narrative right what they've done is they've taken everything, they've looked at Galadriel and they've said, hmm, this, this woman fundamentally unlikable in the books, actually, maybe. Like, like especially, especially this part of, this part of her thing. Like, okay, so her purpose is in the books. I want to rule over people and therefore I don't want to go back to Valinor because I can't rule over people in Valinor. That's why I'm here. I want to rule lands and I want people to do what I say. And, uh, and that's, that's the reason I'm here. Like, that's just, that's like full stop. Draw that's a line like under it. Girl boss. That's why Galadriel. <laughs> exactly. New motto. <laughs> yeah. And so, and listen, that's not sympathetic. Like, that is not a fun character to engage with, right? Like, that's not interesting. But parts of her narrative are interesting in terms of, like, the fact that, like, her whole, her whole arc over the course of her, her whole history is realizing that this want that she has despite the fact that she has technically been like good and uh, in in all of the respects she wasn't she wasn't one of the like she didn't kill people in the exile except to defend other people she didn't like like renounce the valor in any way right all of that right but despite all of that she is still very like Fe- feanor 
who she so hates. Like, she so despises Feanor, right? She's, yeah. She dismisses him at every turn. But she's kind of like him because technically her motives and the reason she's there and the reason she stays at all are basically the same as Feanor's. Like, like he wants it also to rule lands away from... And the, necess- the necessary arc of her is to figure out that that motive is still bad, even if you feel like you have good intentions. Like, that motive is still bad and she still needed to return to Valinor. For a bunch of other reasons as well. Like, there's there's to- there's discussions that we could have about the concepts of elves not actually working in the world as we know it when we get to the Third Age, that elves are actually technically extending their lifespan, the 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 embalming of time, etc, etc. There's a lot to talk about uh, in terms of the meta-philosophy of how elves uh, remained in Middle-earth past um, past the, the Second Age. But but just taking it this arc and saying, okay, so she so she hates Fionor, but she's technically like him, and she needed to learn that. They took mm. all of that. Like, they they gathered all of that up, and it's good, just juicy stuff. And they were like, okay, a little bit to the left, like, all of that kind of the same, but just a little bit to the left, and we replace Fionor with Sauron, which is objectively the great like that's that slaps like that was that's such a genius (laughs) concept to to take because like yes we did also need to learn more about sauron right because the only person the only person sauron has ever been to anybody uh, if if you haven't read all of the nonsense books that tolkien and his son have put out since ever right (laughs) is just tolkien's son put out just tolkien's son put out tolkien (laughs) <laughs> wrote yeah. those down on a napkin forgot yeah, just, about yeah, them <laughs> yeah just forgot about it but, but but like but like like the only guy Sauron has ever been to anybody is that one eye up there who is a real shithead and we don't really know why he's doing any of the things he's doing and he's just he's just the embodiment of evil he doesn't really have a personality except the personality that Gandalf gives him which is he's just really proud and also clever but also stupid like that's really like, like we do not have Nobody nobody who's just watched the films has any idea of like Sauron's character, right? But that's so important true. for this story. That's important yeah. for this story. The story that we're about to tell is it, you have to know what Sauron's motives and personality is in this particular story. So in do and so in order to do that, they were like, right, well, he needs to have a connection with another character. And then Galadriel needed to have this like enemy who she hated but was also like, and the, it's perfect. Oh, it's, it's so genius. juicy. So juicy. <laughs> it was so, it's so good. It's so good. And like I like I couldn't I couldn't think better of it. Like it's so and again, and so that so the reason I was talking is like so whilst Peter Jackson took things and then just kind of turned like it, he wasn't really thinking like he wasn't trying to preserve anything of the like he wasn't story that it came trying from. to say anything with it. He no. was just trying to make a fun story. Yeah, whereas with the writers of Rings of Power have had all of this time, they like they have a lot more time to tell this story. And in doing so, they are they are so like they've dug so deep into shit that most people don't even like most people have n- never really thought about in like they they've gotten into the nitty gritty of it, into the really and it's so good. And like I like I couldn't be more I couldn't be more smug and happy <laughs> that Albrecht turned out to be Sauron and that they've kind of they've kind of created this 
in very fascinating because now we also know everything we know everything we need to know about Sauron oh, well we know most of the stuff we need to know about Sauron right like we don't have to have weird flashbacks Sauron doesn't have to tell us why he's doing all of this we 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 know and it's yeah it's so good I, w- I want to so watch it back and watch it with that new like reveal and lens of <laughs> how brand the white man uh, just mm. being sneaky. It's, Steph called it, I think, in like episode two or three, which yes, was I, I have... <laughs> that was around when I called it. Very yeah, exciting for them. I, I I went into this show believing in my heart of like I like I hadn't watched a single episode, and I was like, I think Halbert's gonna be Sauron, <laughs> and uh, and then every single episode afterwards really confirmed that. Like I was, too... and I and I and I still like there was the bit where they were in. They were in the prison, right? Like, Sauron and Galadriel were in the prison and Galadriel had been thrown in and he was like, no, no, the way you have to control people is by you learn (laughs) what their greatest fear is and then you give them a way of mastering it and then in so doing master them. And I was like, how are are the rest of, like, like like, the people who haven't read who haven't read the books and who don't know about all of this backstory lore, you're you're excused. How are the rest of you still not getting... <laughs> like, he just said it. Like, he just said the whole plan. The whole plan. He White just man's revealed. looking a little suspicious. Mm, and it's just like I, I I I was but anyway, yes, it was very it was it was a really enjoyable it like the show was so enjoyable to watch with thinking that Halbrand was Sauron. Like, it was so good. And then being able to, like, after, like, the big reveal, like, after that episode aired, like, and we watched it, Aaron and I and a bunch of our other friends rewatched a bunch of other key scenes between Halbrand and Gladriel, and they were just so much more juicy now that we had the confirmation. Yeah. But, um, here, we can can split the little kind of side stories into their own thing. So, uh, our... I'll, we can treat the main story as Galadriel and Halbrand because that was basically the main yeah. throwaway. But in the end, this like this 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 season I realized is about Sauron, and I I love that. Like they came into it saying this season is about just the people, and it's about. But then it turned out actually no, this season was entirely about Sauron. Like and and that's great. Like that was so cool because yeah. we weren't having a battle, but it was. Anyway, sorry, I'm, so, I'm I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I I I especially like it because uh, it deals with a period of time that I've always been fascinated with, in which like in the notes and stuff of Tolkien and the letters, I think specifically, he talks about how after the fall of Morgoth, Sauron repented of his ways, and I believe the way he said it is he fooled even himself for a time that he yeah. really did wish for the good of like the world and you can see that in this entire thing where you have adar talking about how sauron was obsessed now with like fixing middle earth after like breaking it apart so much with morgoth and like being so willing to like kill a bunch of orcs to find this power to basically put everything in order because that's the big thing about sauron he's a Maiar of aule his big thing is order like gears and stuff like not like not having nature for nature's sake nature for I mean, nature's he's, sake is yavana he's totalitarian he's totalitarian he wants yeah. uh, he he's he, he i like when he's like in his best mood i think he's thinking 
there's a place for everyone, but everyone needs to be in their place. And that's kind of the way he, his worldview works. Um, everyone has a purpose, but their purpose needs to be dictated to them. They can't just choose to do whatever they want. That's chaos. I can't allow that. People just need to stay in their lane and everything will be fine. And so, like, seeing this whole story take place has been really interesting because we see him after he's fallen, after he's been betrayed by Adar, who's finally fed up with basically giving him his children for so long, which we'll talk about Adar later because I also really fucking love Adar. Yeah, um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Um, so Bunch what... of nerds. <laughs> oh, look who's look who's talking. I'm gonna expect you. I'm expecting and you to you'll say be some a stuff nerd too. too. You're soon. not allowed. You're you. not allowed to just sit here and listen quietly. We've got our claws into you now. I'm, I'm having We're that moment where us. I forget that like I'm a part of the podcast because I'm just too busy listening to you two talk. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh man, this is a good podcast. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, this is, this? Podcast. <laughs> this is my podcast. This is my podcast. But um. I, I want to specifically also hear from you guys because this is how I read it. Mm. Sauron had his first attempt at basically reordering things by attempting to grab this power from what they call the Unseen World, which I, I also really fuck with the Unseen World because that's where the Nazgul go once they've had their rings for so long and they become wraiths. Yeah, it's is what that you kind see of like when, where Frodo goes and Bilbo? Yeah, when, when put Frodo puts on, on his ring, he is in the Unseen World because he can see things for what they truly are. When he sees an elf while wearing the ring, the elf is blazing because their Fea is just so much stronger Ooh, in this world. That's so cool. And it, it's, it's, it's such a brilliant idea, and I always fuck with that idea. It's so good. But um, Sauron was doing all that, gets betrayed by Adar, essentially almost has like a small little fall from glory where he no longer has his orcs to do his bidding. He is basically on his own now. And he has not accomplished any of his goals. Were and... Adar and Sauron exes? Because this sounds like some listen. Look, I was. It'd be. I, it would be. I'm also, it would be it nice. Little, right. It would be nice. It would also be thoroughly abusive. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's, it's, it's evil. Like. I mean, I don't, they, well, th- I'm I don't think the word. I mean, I, I guess I. I can't. I, I can't I, say anyone's evil yet because there are so many just differences. But let me mm. let me get through. Uh, yes, yes. My thought process. Because everyone's going to have a different interpretation of this because Sauron is one of those characters where you have to ask yourself, is he lying or is uh... he being truthful or is he being truthful but omitting a certain item? And so I read it as Sauron was down on his luck and was essentially like, okay, I'm just going to try my best to get back to Valinor. I'm going to sue for pardon. I can't fix the world like I wanted to. I'm just going to accept punishment and just kind of fall into obscurity in Valinor. Uh, gets on a ship or something uh, sail and starts... He- uh, I think I think he's the reason why they're on that raft. I think he, like, sabotaged all these... Like, he, these humans, he was willing to... They were expendable. Who were these fucking mortals? No, he's, he was just heading back to Valinor. And then, lo and behold, Galadriel shows up. And he's very intrigued because this is Galadriel, and like he, he he you know when he like realized who it was, he's like oh shit I killed her brother, um, 
and then they kind of form this bond, though, during that entire storm at sea. And at that point, I feel like he's like, oh, this, this is very interesting. Maybe I won't return to Valinor. Maybe, maybe my redemption is through her. But then they get to Numenor, and he instead re goes, you know what? Maybe the simple life is for me. Maybe I can just live here in Numenor, crafting things, and maybe gain the adoration of the men of the island here as like the one of the greatest craftsmen around. And maybe like I can go back to being Myron the Admirable, and everyone can admire me, and I can just be that, because no one knows who I am here, and I can have a fresh start. It's going to be perfect until he starts kind of letting Galadriel in on too many of his secrets. That's when I feel the more Galadriel pushes at him to, quote, be who he is, the more he thinks that that she means to be Sauron, be the lord of the world. Mm. And he takes that, he takes that honestly. He's like, okay, you know what? I will. I will be the king of the Southlands. I will be aiding in the forging of these rings of power. And towards the end, you have him basically being like, oh my gosh, Galadriel, you've helped me see who I need to be in gratitude. And because I actually like see a kindred spirit in you, I want you to rule by my side. Because if, I'm, if people are saying I'm doing anything bad, I can basically just point to you and be like, would she side with a bad guy? No, she's Galadriel. She's this great hero. She, it, she has hated Morgoth's servants and everything so badly. How could I be bad if she's on my side? And so that his, his offer to Galadriel was sincere. And then when she rejected it, he's basically being like, He's not dealing with the rejection. He's recalculating of mm. how he's going to go about this. Because now he's decided, ah, so it really did, it really did matter who I was and what I did. She was, she was lying. She was lying to me that it didn't matter who I was before the war and everything. And so at the end of the day, he is now... Uh, going to be dedicating himself to becoming Lord of the Earth on his own since uh, Gladwell made him see, oh, he has to be this because no one else is going to be. But also, he cannot trust anyone else with this power. It's got to be his and his alone. I, 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 I think I, I, I agree with you kind of um structurally See, and i, I, I want to i want to hear yeah. uh, like your guys's interpretation <laughs> i too, think i think probably i would say that the, the only thing i would say that is i don't think he's he's so like unsure of himself mm. i think i think the the way it goes in my head is a kind of a more simplistic way is like okay so yes he he's 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 down on his luck he feels like he can't right like like physically he doesn't have the ability and the resources to do to do the plan that he wants to do he still believes fundamentally that that is what needs to happen right but because he can't he and 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 he is like like that's really the only thing he's got going for himself at this point he is seeking out like i i, I think i agree with you that he's going he's trying to go back to valinor i think maybe i i think maybe he might also be trying to go to numenor already but in general I think I think the the main the main point is that he the the only reason he's not doing anything is because he can't physically like his resources have run out he has no more allies 
he has to like he has to like abase himself to become into this lesser position right and so that's why he's taken this form that is also seemingly so grotty right like he he's having to become this person and he resents it for sure and then he meets galadriel and i don't think any particular change happens at that moment i think the fact that he the fact that she saves him and the fact that this whole thing happens in the first place i think he finds it amusing (laughs) i think he finds that just very funny but I also think that he's intrigued, right? Like, he's intrigued by the fact that Galadriel is in this position that is very similar to him. She All of her resources have been withdrawn from her. She can't really stop doing what she wants to do, but also she can't do what she wants to do either. And she's just, like, grimly, determinedly trying to drive herself towards this seemingly impossible, like, a thing that, like, like she's literally drowning. <laughs> she's literally in the middle of the sea. She's drowning. She's dying of thirst. But her main issue is that she's not able to kill Sauron, and and he and just the whole situation. I think tickles him very much. So he goes along with it. He's like, "All right, we'll we'll see what happens with with Galadriel and see how this goes." By the time he gets to Numenor, he's delighted. He's like, "Oh yes, wonderful. I'm in Numenor. Okay, I can just become. I can. I. I think. I. I think. I." Like, like he's he's trying to convince himself that this is this will do right, and and maybe in time he can find some other way of doing the things that he wants to do. But for now, he has to just lay low, right? And the and I think the I think the like what he what, what the the experience that he goes through with all of his discussions with Galadriel is the fact that like he's trying to he's trying to convince himself that there is nothing he can do to forward his his plans that he believes are, are absolutely must happen right but galadriel is trying to tell him like what he hears when she when she says you know put the past behind you you have to it doesn't matter what happened before right you you have to like strive for the thing that you that can't you you one cannot quench thirst with seawater right like you can't just be a dude because that's <laughs> not that's not going to work for you just as it doesn't work for me it's not going to work for you and he hears that and is like she's actually right uh she's actually right i do have to i do have to be a totalitarian dictator actually that's who i am on the inside <laughs> that's exactly what that means <laughs> yes and so and so upon and i think i think like he's already like he's trying to because again it's dangerous for him right like he's really what he's battling between is like his fear that he's going to get uh fucked up again versus his deep belief that he must rule over everybody in order to create this perfect world right like he's just depressed (laughs) he's just depressed and then he's brought to he's brought to middle earth with galadriel and they have and and i think at that point he is driving towards like okay i can see how we can get to a point i i can see how we can try and redo this whole plan of mine right i think i know i think i can like it's formulating literally in his mind as he goes right yes which is why he's always awake uh, but also evil doesn't sleep we'll go over that in a bit <laughs> but but the but the fact that he the fact that he's gotten by the time he's gotten to like Mordor, he's he's he his his mind is working and he's like I can do this now I know exactly how to do this and he's manipulate he that is the point where I think it switches from him like just going along with Galadriel and listening to him to her 
to just actively trying to manipulate her. He's he is yeah. now in this he's now trying to use her for the things. Which is emblematic because of like the the spear thing, right? Like like the fact that he got stabbed and he's bleeding, but then he's apparently fine. Like obviously he did that per- on purpose because he wanted to get to Eregion mm, and and he and and it all happened exactly as he wanted it to happen, right? And I think the I think when I think he's like he's like so bolstered by the time he gets to the point where he's like asking Galadriel, he's like he's he doesn't necessarily I don't actually think he thought that that was going to work, right? I think he 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 made a play because she'd found him out too quickly. He'd been wanting this to go on for ages. He'd been planning on like 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 he does in the books. He'd been planning on this like going on for hundreds of years and for discussing it all and to endear himself to the elves and to endear himself more to Galadriel and for her to trust him longer but he didn't get that time right so he had to make his play at that point and i don't think he actually thought she was going to go for it there was there was like a there was like a possibility and he knew that she was weak to his suggestion and he knew exactly what to tell her in order to make sure she didn't tell anybody else but yeah. I think when she rejected him, he was kind of angry that she rejected him because, you know, all of these because elves are just so annoying. They just you can't control them. And it's so frustrating. They just won't listen to you. And it's and the hypocrisy that he sees where Galadriel is like, is like, no, you're evil. But uh, she's ca- like, like, he's like, but you're kind of doing the same things as I'm doing. Like, how are we different? Like in his mind. Right. And but but I think. I think it, it it didn't it didn't damage his sense of self worth in any in any real way, and he didn't really believe that Galadriel was going to join him in that point anyway. He was just giving it a go because she had figured it him out, and uh, if it wasn't going to work out, push her in a lake. Um, <laughs> I, I I have to say I think that like I was trying to figure this out in my mind, right? Why did he push her in a lake but not? drown her fully if i i think sentimentality i don't think that i think all right then why why did he i I mean i know there's no real like like there's there's a convoluted reason that you can come up with with um sauron thinking like okay it didn't work this time but it could work later and it, it, it you know like it is right like if galadriel had supported Sauron like we'd all be in the shit right like this would be terrible it, it is the easiest route for him to get to the what he wants but and whilst and maybe I do kind of agree that he is there is some emotion between him and the fact that Galadriel is like him like he he is he enjoys on some level the fact that Galadriel is def- like is like him and he wants her to see it but mm. I don't think he would let that sentimentality make him not kill like the one person that is is the most dangerous to all his plans, right? Like, I just kind of feel like, well, maybe, okay, maybe, maybe Elrond happened upon her too quickly. Maybe he was about to kill her and Elrond just arrived. Because that's that is how I read it. That it was going to be like. In like when he was in her mind, he was basically shutting things down bit by bit. Yes, to the he point was drowning where her. Wasn't he was he? okay. Uh, yeah, not well. Yeah, drowning her in a sense in that I think he got in her mind and started giving her all these outs basically to join him. 
But yes. then for every time she was like rejecting him, he was basically kind of shutting down a part of her brain function <laughs> to the point where then he could just push her in this fairly fat, like shallow looking little river, this little just stream. Stand up, glad she'll just stand and up. that mm. she would just drown there and then he'd just be able to make his escape. That I, mean, I think it was a very convoluted yeah. way of doing my, it. My, but my I also impression... feel like Sauron's not one to just hold someone under the water while they're kicking. I, He's one I to basically think kind of he would have done that. But I think I think I think like my impression was more just like like he'd made her unconscious and they and he, they were having this like random like wild mental uh uh discussion together, right? Mm. And 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 he and like but in the real world what he was doing was like holding her her limp body because she was unconscious yeah and then as soon as she rejected him that moment where like he, he pushed drops, her in. like pushed like the moment where like in the vision he she he's she's under the water and he and and like strapped to the to the crucifix yeah, that's when that's when she's and under that's when, that's when she's he under drops the her in the water and i think he's holding her under and then the next moment is elrond arrives and uh, I don't and, think he was holding her under. Out. I think he had just sufficiently limit, like. Why not? Like Why I not pull her under? Like, like I think. Well, I because think then, the then, then, like Elrond comes across him. Does like does he? How does he just skedaddle? Like he just. I feel. He's, he's I, I feel. I feel like. <laughs> he just I feel runs like he, away. Yeah, but I also like this big thing with Sauron is his overconfidence in himself. I feel like once he had basically pushed her in, he's like, I don't need to be here anymore. She's going to fucking die. And so he just saunters off and he's like, well, time to go do my Maybe. dirty deeds. Be but I, I, I think, yeah, I think it would, I think, I think it would work in terms of like, he's holding her under the water, right? And then he hears Elrond starting to arrive and he just sort of, Gets but at up the end of the day, it doesn't away. matter if he was like doesn't really matter, physically yeah, but... holding her down or just like he was yeah. intending to kill her. He but, was, um, I, I think, probably. With at the, uh, so actually, actually, Tori. Yes, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Uh, what <laughs> what would you? Sorry. What are your thoughts on Sauron slash Halbrand? I okay, I just love the whole reveal of him being Sauron because I didn't give a shit about Halbrand like this whole time. I was like, he's just this <laughs> annoying white guy that Galadriel like wants to hang around for some reason. I see no appeal. So once that reveal actually came to, I was like, oh, okay, now he seems important. Now I kind of care about him. Let's see. Yes. Let's see what's going to happen here. And it's very satisfying just as someone who's like knows some Tolkien lore now, like when he started his little mischievous uh, Celebrimbor seduction, and he was like, "Oh, you're the Celebrimbor." I was like, "This dude!" Just that moment <laughs> of like, "Ah, okay, I see you now. I see." And like knowing what the whole seduction part of Sauron and how it was like, I don't know how they like showed that in the final episode. I like how they did it. It was very satisfying. Um, mm. I am curious on what what we're gonna see next from him because he just kind of is like menacingly looking at Mordor with his vampire cape. Uh, yes, he did go goth immediately. It's very <laughs> funny. <laughs> I think 
we kind of heard that from... he like went to the spirit store that popped up at the abandoned yeah. warehouse. Yeah. Um, there, there has been discussion. I think one of the writers said he's going to have almost kind of like a Walter White kind of uh, story in the next season. In right, which it's going, which I think is because it's going to basically be a war between him and Adar, basically. Yes, uh, for I, control I of Mordor, that, yeah. and like we're not, like we're not gonna really be rooting necessarily for both sides because they're both imply kind of. I think Adar is definitely the lesser of, two e- lesser <laughs> Sorry, of two evils. Uh, no, I, I was already, Adar, I was already rooting for Adar this whole time. <laughs> I think Adar <laughs> legitimately does just want a homeland for the orcs, basically, where they're yep. not fucking having to be in the fucking sunlight all the goddamn time. Um, And Sauron, of course, is an expansionist authoritarian who wants the entire world to be under his thumb. But, like, at the end, but also we've also got to know Halbrand, and he's very Sauron Halbrand. Yeah, are they going to keep it, like, keep Sauron as Halbrand, or is he going to come back in, like, this new character form? I'm, I I kind of want them to hire several different actors oh. and for them to like interact with uh, Charlie Vickers, the actor of Halbrand, and kind of gain from him like the different uh, like ways he smiles and mm-hmm. kind of chuckles and is acts yeah, basically. Quite. So that I... there's our like there every now and again there's a point in the season where like wait a minute is this Sauron and is he in another disguise? <laughs> I kind of fun. Like, technically, I do want that, but I also think it would be very strange for for it to be... Because, like, if we're, if we're thinking of it in this terms of, like, so that we can still have Sauron trying to tempt Celebrimbor, right? I think that I think that it would be a... It would feel very convoluted for Halbrand to have already tempted Celebrimbor, and then for Halbrand to leave, and for this whole shebang to happen, right? And then for... <laughs> and then for, like, a new guy... <laughs> A new guy to arrive. Hello, uh, I am a different guy. I am a different guy. Like it's, it's a different. I'm. I'm. Oh, don't worry about it. What are you doing? Making rings. That's the ring. So how? Well, the wrong. Well, the wrong ring is created by by just Sauron, as far as I remember. Yeah. So it, we yeah, don't it's really just need, Sauron like, who makes the, the one other. Ring. And the other rings can be created just by with Cal Kel- can just do it on his own. I think. Mm-hmm. So there's no real necessity. Like, okay. I mean, okay, if we want to start going into like this, this will be my brief aside and my brief um uh what's the word uh uh. Gripe. Well, one of my gripes, but mainly my, I'm I'm here as an ambassador for Rackloss, right? Who is our oh, resident okay, yeah. resident Celebrimbor lover in the server, right? And they have a good point, which is Celebrimbor has been essentially entirely sidelined in his own story, right? Like this, this is the story that we just saw in the final episode. Like just that was a story that Celebrimbor was the main character of for a whole three hundred years in canon, right? And in, in but in this show, what what it's not only is it just like just does it just happen in like a, apparently like a few days, he also like doesn't really come up with the major breakthroughs for any of it, and then the the like having the three rings in the first place, creating them, and having them be just for elves is Galadriel's idea. So like he's so Calibrimbor himself as a character has been has. Like they've done him dirty. I I'm going to have to go ahead and say and I agree with Ragloss. 
Calabrimble's character has been fundamentally done dirty by this um by this adaptation. It and it is a shame because I really do enjoy Calabrimble and I really enjoy their interpretation of Calabrimble up until this point. I I love him. He's wonderful. He he feels like a jewelsmith for real. Like he feels like if he went into a jewelry store, he would be one of those guys with like those big thick rimmed glasses that looked at like <laughs> I love him. He's he's my I want to I like I want to grip him in like, he's I also so good. really enjoyed his fascination with Feanor and the Silmarils like it was a very yeah. elfy tie in that was on brand mm. and and, and, and just and his little like I mean I was mainly interested in <laughs> in this narrative that they added into the show where Celebrimbor is really was really good friends I'm doing I'm doing air quotes really good friends with Yarendil. To the point where he looked, he would look at, at Elrond, and and like go into a little, a little romantic daze, a little melancholic daze, and then when Elrond turned around, he would be like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, you just looked the spitting image of your father." And then and then he'll say things to Elrond like, "I was there when." when Elwing was trying to, was begging for your father to not why were you there, Calabrimbor? That's a really personal <laughs> moment! And I'm just like, okay, what is what are the, what are the showrunners trying to tell us? So they tried to tell us, and, and, and in my mind, I, I did this like like, like, conspiracy theory board meme thing, where I was like, okay, what if Calabrimbor and Calabrimbor, Elwing, Yarondil were in a throuple, right? But also, Celebrimbor is trans, and because and because listen, because listen, he and Elrond look so fucking alike, it's uncanny. Like I don't know how they managed to find two guys with the same incredibly shaped faces, like the fa- the shape the of Lego these two men's faces. Square. Insane, but they both have the shape, and they both have exactly the same hair. And then you've got you've got Celebrimbor mooning after Yarendil, and then you have and then you have Celebrimbor being all like gentle and sweet to Elrond and having tea with him and like saying things like are you are you do you sure you know are you sure you know what you're doing will you be be careful like and then him having this really emotional like I am sorry for tricking you moment what I'm saying is and also the moment where like you see this image uh in in Numenor where you've got you've got Elrond there's like a there's like a painting of Elrond and Elros and they look fucking nothing like each other <laughs> like Elrond and Elros who are supposed to be twins have no not a single bearing on each other whatsoever right what i'm saying is Celebrimbor, Elwing, Yarendil were in a throuple. Celebrimbor is trans and he gave birth to Elrond and Elwing gave birth to Elros. <laughs> That's my galaxy huh. brain that works. It works so well and explains wow. so much. <laughs> um, but How about this that is theory? a complete. <laughs> yeah, that's a complete digression. My main point is that. Uh, it was a real shame that all of the stuff, all of the major, most important stuff that happens in this story that is Celebrimbor's story, like it's, it is him, he's the main character, were given to Galadriel and other, other characters around the place, right? Like that is, and that is a, that is a heartbreaking shame. I am hoping that in the second season, we are going to see more of Celebrimbor interacting with dwarves and that that will be where his, like plot will go like where his actual main characterness will be expressed especially because we have this discussion of Durin during Durin adding in in just random conversation that he has a brother who I am like like 80% sure is going to be Navi so we'll get Navi and Celebrimbor interacting they'll become friends he'll oh, make did the you doors see they... Oh 
Sorry. What was that? No, go ahead. Uh, they they just might have just cast Narvi. What? Ooh. Excuse me? Uh, Say that again? Links? A, cast? Uh, from Fellowship of the Fans. Uh, oh, a of course. character has been hired as the character Viren, which is Narvi spelled backwards. <laughs> You're well, right. not Narvi spelled backwards. <laughs> it's Narvi ch- switched around. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, great. Okay. Well, that's really exciting. Thank God. Don't know so why shout they out to are, like... Jamie Bisping. Thank God. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Um, but, but yeah, but, well, okay. Well, now I'm even more excited. Like, so, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, so, so if we get, Cal- it will be, it will be a mollification, right? If we get Celebrimber in the second season, I have, like, making the doors, making Ithildine, actually having this relationship with the dwarves, which is so imperative to his whole character. He's, like, the dwarvish elf, right? But they're never going to be able to, like, get over the fact that, the, that like, the thing that ke- that eventually kills Celebrimbor, like, the thing that is his major, like, downfall and his major redemption was taken from him. And I just, and, and it is sad. And what, and listen, but again, this is one of the things which is, like, the reason this is bad is because I know what happens, not because it's technically a bad story beat, right? Like, I, it wasn't bad for a story. Mm. But I don't like it because I like Celebrimbor and I think his 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 narrative is really interesting and I find it sad that it's all get been given to Galadriel. Um, so it's one of those things. But then again, also, I do have to say, I heard a rumour uh, around that there were ten episodes originally and that it was cut down to eight, which I find very compelling as a... Con- like, it feels like that because that final episode... It felt rushed. It felt a bit rushed, like the the both from the like the Sauron reveal being at the same exact time as them making the rings, felt so yeah. it felt so sudden. And the fact and that we I only think... get a fucking little like we only see two ends of stories. We don't see like mm. Bronwyn and fucking Arondir yeah. yeah. and we don't we don't like well. Uh, Theoretically, they're in Polar Gear, which we might see next season. So Aaron can deal with that. But then we also, it's like, what? How are Durin and Disa dealing with the fucking like disinheriting of Durin? Yeah. Like, he they had that whole fight. All the like those stories basically get cut off to just mm. address, um, yeah. uh, first Numenor, the return to Numenor, and the death yeah. of Tar Palantir. Uh, and uh, the forging of the rings, and then finally the reveal that the stranger is definitely fucking Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was right about everything about the pacing because <laughs> I think that was mm. be my biggest gripe with the show was that yes, they, was I like, liked what happened. It just happened too fast, yeah, mm. or like we get into the story with like the hobbits but then it's like two episodes later and like where are the hobbits where's the story you just told us that we're so hooked on or Mm. you'll go a couple episodes without um uh durin and disa and be like what the heck there uh but i was talking with uh cliff from wondering.net and he was talking about how the original plan for this show was to do just a drop and binge all the episodes at once and then partway mm. through, ah. it got switched to being a weekly release. And when he said that, I was yeah. like, that makes a lot more sense with the pacing. Because if we it could does, just yeah. watch it episode after episode, like, these storylines, it wouldn't seem so kind of, like, scattered, I guess. 
it had kind of it had kind of a film pacing to it like that was the thing it, it was it felt despite the fact that it was so it was ages long it felt yeah. more like a film than it did it felt more like we were watching a film like cut up into slices than an mm-hmm. actual like this is an episode this is an episode right yeah so it's interesting hearing I, that like it might have been originally 10 episodes that changed to eight and like it was supposed yeah. to be a one drop watch it all binge versus weekly show yeah i think and... i think yeah it's and it's a it's a real crying shame because i because like and also I, like talking about pacing like that first episode like i i watched i watched it again today and admittedly it it was not as bad as like like my my reaction to it this time around was a lot better than it was the first time i watched it Mm. and i'm not i can't i can't like explain why maybe? that is yeah i mean i guess maybe something like that maybe i'm just like because i'm just calmer now i'm not like <laughs> i don't know but it, it's hard to it's hard to I, I have no idea why i enjoyed it but it was still like there was just something about it that that, that felt it felt very it felt both very slow and very fast at the same time like like a lot was happening technically but it, it was it was kind of dragging uh, like uh, i i don't know how to explain it i i simply cannot i cannot express it and it's it's it was just amazing how every single episode got better like every single episode mm. it was better than the last and by the time you got to the end it was great it was really good to watch but that first i think one was it was really the second mediocre. episode that i was like oh i'm gonna like this show because it was the second episode exactly. that had yes. like elrond and durin and disa and, and durin, all these yeah. just fun characters that I felt well, and also with. just the like emotional impact of Durin, like him saying, well, "Still oh my, my favorite God, scene." So good. Elevator scene it, is still my favorite. It's so, it was. I so will scream good. about like, it with anyone who will listen. Durin and Disa, their actors have such chemistry, and they are both so yes. good. And I'm so compelled by everything that they do, and Durin the third as well. So compelling, yeah. like the whole thing between Durin and his father i good it is it is very it's compelling enough that i have actually not heard you like besides the first time we found out he was also named duran i've actually not heard you complain that much about the naming scheme because you've just enjoyed the character so much i'm like wow this is actually well played because that was one of the biggest issues aaron had at first and now they haven't said a word about it and let okay well let me let me say one word about it now all right like i I think let's me well let hear me now now, because i have been thinking about it and it is in my gripe section right so so okay so what they did as as we so what i realized is that they did as we went what everybody realized right so instead of saying that there is Durin who gets reincarnated every single time, uh, well, not every single time, but every now and then when the dwarves need him most, he gets reincarnated and then and then he lives his life and he dies and then gets reincarnated like a few thousand into the line of the Longbeards. Instead, they've said the kingship, being king, is the sacred reincarnation. And every time there is a king, they gain memories of all the past kings which is not reincarnation but it is a kind of connective tissue around the idea of being king and around the idea of like the king being like not just a not just a like a a political figure in dwarven life but also like a personal intimate father figure to the whole dwarven race right 
so they still kind of kept it and i and i get i like like i get what they're going for it and i and certainly and certainly yes like the fact that like the two durans and their actors were so fundamentally fucking good at what they did that i was just hanging on every word and i did not give a shit about it at the time right I do, I do still, I am, I'm still not into it. (laughs) I'm still, I still wish that they had just decided to name one of them not Durin. And, and, and for that to have been Durin. That's their name, not Durin. Yeah. Like, just say that Durin the third was before him or whatever. Like, I did, like, something along those lines. Like, it would not have been terrible. For, name for him them Gloin to just, or some shit. Name him, yeah, name him something else. Anything else, right? I Because because the, the loss of Durin as a character, because that is what they've essentially done, right? Like, they have removed Durin as a character. He no longer yeah. has... He is no longer a reincarnated king. He does not exist. There are just multiple Durins who go down throughout the... Like, like that, and that is sad. That is sad, and I do miss it, and I am sad about it. However, yes, I, I was not thinking about it at all <laughs> throughout the whole... The whole... Because, like, oh my god, that bit... That bit where where they're sitting together, and Durin... And so Durin, like, the third starts off with, like, you were malformed when you were born. And I was, like, ready to throw hands. I was like, no, 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 you're not allowed <laughs> to say that. I was really into you being a good father. But then he's like, no, no, as in, like, he was, like, Jiren was born with, like, a birth defect. And, like, <laughs> and then he's talking about, like, holding him throughout the night. <laughs> so he was, and I was in tears, I swear. I was I think, really, I that think Aaron's cracked. I yeah. have, you've not the 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 idea. There's something I don't know. There's just something about the idea of just Durin being this, this incredibly dedicated, loving like like with heart in his throat father who has had this child who might die, and he's and he loves him so much, and his wife loves him so much, and he just and it and people are telling him that he's not going to survive, but he's gonna keep he's gonna keep just gently holding him close to the warm fire to make sure that he can breathe just that little bit easier for as long as he can. And then that moment of elation where he gets this kind of premonition that he will eventually grow, like his firstborn son will eventually grow up to to be a king like him. And the elation and delight and relief of that moment. And the way he's using that, like that moment in his life with his son, where he's just trying to, like, he's just trying to reach out, like, he's just trying to, ah, he's just trying to reach out to Jiren, and, like, trying to, trying to meet him in this moment of, like, I, I love you so much, he loves his son so much, and he just wants to meet him in that middle so that they don't have to get into this fight that they have, and then it just, because they just kind of just miss each other, and it's so painful, it's agonizing to watch, and it's so good, <laughs> and... I was just, I was just, I was just, I was, I was fucked up. I was absolutely fucked up about it. Um, so, um, yeah. Anyway. I loved that whole <laughs> section that just occurred. Incredible. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, oh God, I have a lot to talk about during the third, actually. I have a lot, I have a lot of discussion about during the third. Not just, not just like, he's a really good actor and everything, but actually, it kind of it kind of links into what I was saying in the, at the beginning, where I was talking about how they have kind of taken all of these, like they've taken everything, all of the concepts that are going on in the Second Age, right, and mm. addressed 
almost all of them as far as i can tell at this point the fact and the fact that they have actually like and this is like i never expected them to be able to to actually dig into the concept the elves being here like the simple fact that they are here is technically like they're in the wrong right like like i did not expect them to be able to get to that canonical fact like that canonical like philosophical but also canon thing that is true in this world where elves should not be in middle earth the valar have decreed elves should not be in middle earth because of a variety of reasons um <laughs> it, that include like their they are too much for the world they need to they need to diminish they need to let the next generation of of peoples come up etc etc and, and and so on and so forth right I did not expect them to be able to address that, but they did. They had Durin literally sit there and tell his son, who was so painfully trying to tell him, Dad, but my boyfriend is going to have to leave. You don't understand. He's asking for my help, and I want to help him. But Durin III being, like, fully correct in saying, no, wiser, wiser people have said this is that they should not be here, and they should just accept it. Like, they can't, like this is not... And listen, I hate the Valor, right? I hate the Valor, and I do prefer the elves to the Valor, and I do think it is it is not morally wrong for the elves to want to remain in Middle Earth. Uh, full stop. After that, I'm not with them. But before that, I'm I'm into it. I I want I I would like elves to feel like they can remain in Middle Earth, but also like in a way that is not so incredibly racist, <laughs> so incredibly <laughs> colonialist. But but I but I. But even so, in that moment, I was just really impressed by the way he put, like, the way he put across that concept, right? And and I'm sure, I, I, I would love to know, well, Tori can tell me, I would love to know how that affected, how, like, like, that hit other people. Like, how that hit people who don't know the intricacies of fucking the religious implications of of elves remaining in middle earth and, and all of that i would love to know how that hit mainstream audiences um i have a suspicion that probably they don't like they're not into it but i'm not entirely sure i'm not i, I have no idea but just i was with just like really the elves wanting they... to stay in middle earth versus going to yeah Valinor. yeah exactly for me it was more so confusion like i didn't fully understand okay. why like well like for Galadriel she just seems very bent up on like you know trying to find Sauron and like fix what happened to her brother like that is her sole mission um yeah but the whole like elves running out of time and they need this mm. this like the mithril was kind of fuzzy on the wise that that, yeah. that part is yeah. I know that was kind of like yes. something that they added on and people were angry about. But yeah, the whole thing was like, I don't fully understand this. This seems like something that will happen more in future seasons. But yeah. understanding is important just by that whole like leaf scene in the mithril. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they really are dying um, just with that mm. whole imagery. But yeah, I mean, yeah, not full like, understanding like, of like, why can't elves be here what is actually okay. going on with them <laughs> i don't yes, know I mean, and, <laughs> what aren't yeah, the valor I mean, telling and, us yeah i mean the, the, the issue is that like 
the like as the the deeper you dig down into the reasons why these things all need to happen the more catholic they get right so and so <laughs> and so at some point it becomes difficult to um translate the reasons into something that mainstream audiences are going to enjoy watching um uh so like like you've got all of this con- like i mean it's not it's not too it's so the elves love Middle Earth, right? <laughs> like the elves love Middle Earth, <laughs> and they do genuinely want to stay because they love it, right? However, yeah. a good portion of the reason they love it is because they get to have this, um, what I'll call political freedom, um, mm. where they are they are able to make lands of their own, they are able to, uh, uh, you know, dictate how they live their lives the valor are not there to tell them what to do that's basically the like like uh, the major reason why most of the like um royal elves are here is because they want Mm. to like in canon is because they want to live lands uh rule over lands but in the in and in the show obviously that again is not it's not a very sympathetic reasoning right so you've got so you've got Gilgalad who is saying things like, if we leave, then the shadow will destroy all of Middle Earth and it'll be terrible. And so we need to be able to stay in order to stop that from happening. Which like you like you and you is that what was happening with the... the tree? This like shadow thing? Yeah, that, I mean that is that is. I don't um, know what was happening with no. the tree. Like, I think. Uh, well, no. I think it I was. Mean, uh, I, just... Well, it was. I think it goes along with the idea of. Okay, so Galadriel eventually gets the Elven Ring of Narya, and no, wait, Vilya. No. Vil. Nope. Nenya. Nenya. Fuck. I. I Nenya knew business. the other two. Nenya business. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Nenya business. Where's 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 the Elven Rings? Nenya business. Um. <laughs> Uh, she's given Nenya, and the whole point of the Elven Rings is to preserve this Elven yes. era. Basically, it's embalm it's not necessarily time. yeah embalm time because like when the Fellowship goes to Lothlorien, they, like time is wiggity. Like they go in, and Sam is like keeping track of like the what like what the moon is, and like oh what time of the month it should be. And then when they leave, he's like it made no sense why. Everything's fucking different in there. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't see the moon or the sun when we were really in Lothlorien. Everything was just kind of glowing and, and kind of like this a very ethereal vibe. That's because Galadriel is using the power of that ring to preserve Lothlorien, and that's why when the One Ring is destroyed, mm-hmm. the elves begin to completely remove themselves from Middle Earth because the powers of uh, preservation that the rings grant is then no longer present and everything again the the quote unquote magic begins to die and the world becomes yeah. more and more mundane Lothorian just becomes just another forest um oh, and it, they don't could, have could... the power and kind of otherness they used to have but also and I, I mean like the show is not wrong like elves like basically what the show has done is contracted a lot of different timelines right because yeah. When 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 Celebrimbor and uh, Gilgalad all have that discussion about like yes we will fade, they're right that will happen and the reason that is happening is because in Middle Earth things decay right like in Middle like Earth everything decay. everything is on a fucking timer in Middle yeah, Earth and, but, and the longer you stay in 
Middle Earth, the more you'll change, the more like if you're an elf, you won't die, but you'll diminish. You're still going to be part of the world. It goes with Tolkien's kind of point of view of the world will never be perfect until Judgment Day when everything is basically mm. remade because it's yeah. a sinful world and everything will degrade in this world. Arden, and Arden. if you so don't, so if so. you don't, if you don't want to be diminished over time, you if you're human, you just fucking die and you go somewhere else. And if you're an elf, you just go to Valinor because it's not really part of Earth anymore and it doesn't and, fade, it doesn't diminish. But if you if you don't go to Valinor, like the, you become they are rustic. Right. Like, you, you become a rustic well, no, folk. Well, first, you, first apparently you become a rustic folk that have to live in cottages, which is, I'm so sorry, Galadriel, that sounds terrible, oh my god. But um, <laughs> also elves will eventually, like eventually, which very long period of time, right? But eventually, elves will literally like fade. Like their bodies will slowly fade. They become like woodland sprites, basically. No, no, no. They literally oh. become ghosts. Like they literally, like they fade. Well, that's out what I mean. Woodland physical, like, like but they're not physical. They're beings. part of the world. Well, they sprites they... aren't physical. They're spirits. I like imps and sprites. I would imagine. Oh, oh, sprites. I think I. I think I misheard you. I thought you said imps or something like. That. Anyway, no, I didn't say imps. <laughs> imps are hobbits. Um, imps are hobbits. Everyone yes. knows that, but, but yeah, yeah, like yeah. they'll they'll basically almost become like spiritual kind of personifications of like the forest or kind of wraiths, like a though. kind of wraith like creatures. It's not nice. because they're like, it's not they're being good. they're being well. They think it's not good. Has anyone actually lived long enough to become one? Well, Sitaro will have to tell everybody. Sitaro, <laughs> because she's she's go she's she's like. Because I think I'll do if it. you're an elf that's content with this amount of diminishment to that point, yeah. I think you're perfectly fine to just be a vibing woodland spirit yeah. that's just kind of like floating from tree to tree. Like Sitaro yeah, is going to run around and be a nuisance to everybody and be very enjoy and enjoy it immensely. She won't mind yeah. at all. But uh, so the falling of the tree of linden i see almost because i it gives me such vibes of them like of like the white tree of gondor like every time a tree is sick something bad is about to happen it the the tree of linden gives me the vibes of that where it is elrond says it. it's a symbol of our people and it was such a great gift that he gave durin a sapling of it and to the point Mm -hmm. where durin was like oh god i really need to take care of this fucking tree um which gosh i want oh god i hope I don't want to think about that tree during the fall of Moria, but um... okay. But listen, no, hear me out. This tree dies. The tree that the tree that everybody's worried about that's got its you know all that's infected, whatever, etc. <sighs> Do they that dies? Re- and they replant a tree from the sapling that he gave to Jiren, and it's oh, like the best fucking shit ever. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, that and it and that tree becoming sick and diminishing is almost like the canary in the coal mine for yeah. elven greatness basically yeah essentially the show needed like a physical manifestation to be able to say like this is why the elves know this is happening they needed it they needed there to be something that they could point to An and indicator. say this is the, the elves know that shit's about to go bad and they and it's all dramatic and they need to figure this out really quickly whereas in the canon it's not quick at all like they they are just they are just slowly solving they know it's an issue but they're slowly solving it because it's not going to be an issue for the next like 4000 6000 years right so yeah. so they so they've just sped everything up for what i assume is both drama and also to get the story going along although I, i'm interested yeah. anyway we we don't have to well, it's, yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot of questions. i it's 
and the whole thing with like the Mithril being a Silmaril again, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't vibe with that because what was the point? Like they say it's apocryphal. I'm like, you bet your ass it's apocryphal. That shit's <laughs> that like I, 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 I get it. It's a cool yeah. legend, I guess. Mm. I, it better not be actually true, but. Yeah. The the fact that they are like looking to Mithril, it explains why there's such a desire for Mithril, other than it's pretty. Um, yeah, which that is the it canonical has, reason they wanted in the which ca- is the, the canonical ca- reason <laughs> that they want it. It's just because it's it's shiny and it's really cool, shiny. and you can make you can make Ethildin out of it. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it does give them a reason to really kind of want a lot of this Mithril. Yeah. And it also gives uh, a possible like idea of what uh, Kelbrimbor had at first before the rings even came into being, of what his mm-hmm. plans were beforehand, which was, I'm thinking he was trying to make basically like one of like the lanterns of the Valar from like the yeah. like the way before times. He was trying to make his own version of that in Eregion well, and basically just shine the- out. And I mean, also, like, like I, of course, like, I, I, I saw this and I was like, okay, this is a cool um, little scene you've got going on here with this Barog and this other random dude who's definitely not Celeborn. Um, <laughs> and it looks great. Woo. It's, hell yeah. Um, this is insane. <laughs> this is insane. Well, the stuff that you're telling me, it's coming at me so quickly. I, I can't even begin to process how insane it is. However, I did like how it did subtly explain why the Silmarils was so important. Like like they yeah. like they did like quietly subtly explain that if they'd managed to keep the Silmarils, um, <laughs> this would not be an issue. Like the Silmarils would have done the job that the rings are supposed to be doing. And I quite yeah. I quite like that because again, people don't It's the light like, of Valinor. It's, it's the, the light of Valinor. They needed it. They it's the, pr- it's the preserving give importance to power. your just everyday viewer who might not know all that background. Yeah. yeah, and I and and I liked it. I, like again, like we we are we are being the show is giving people a lot of the concepts that are very obscure <laughs> and difficult mm-hmm. to weedle out of the of the actual uh, of the actual like text yeah. itself unless you read it too much. Um, so yeah, I mean, I yeah. was very very impressed by by that as, as anyway despite yeah. the fact that despite the fact that it's, it's still we do have to we do have to confirm the idea that there's a, there was a silmaril in this fucking tree and then and it lightning struck by lightning was and it became fighting, veins of mithril and it became veins of mithril it's just insane it's just very bonkers it's crazy who came up with that i would love to know i hope they were high while they were doing it i hope they had a really <laughs> good time but anyway um, yes but yes so i i suppose we should move on to just look at a few other aspects we've been going yes. for a while actually um but i don't i feel like we don't really is, is the... arondir and bronwyn oh i was gonna say hobbits and gandalf well that too yeah we haven't touched well, we have touched a lot <laughs> one all right so touch uh we already touched kind of on the dwarves and again of all the complaints i've heard from like basically everyone no, very few have mentioned the dwarves because i feel like everyone just enjoyed the relationship between Durin and Disa. They're fucking good. It's and seeing Kaza Doom at the height of yeah. its power mm-hmm. and all this really wonderful, okay. wonderful stuff. So, side note speaking of Kaza Doom, uh, on mm. the Facebook VR Oculus, you can stand in the middle of Kaza yes. Doom. And it was yes. the coolest shit. You can't walk around oh. and how I wish you could, but it was so cool to feel like you were there anyway. 
tangential. There's a. Wow, that does sound there's also yeah. a game coming out soon called. Uh, rec- yes, like the reclaiming Rise of Cus- Moria. Return to Moria, I think. Yes, Return to Moria. Where it's like oh, you are dwarves, basically here to reclaim the mines of Moria after so long, yeah. and you can like build little fortresses and. Ooh. That's oh, it's and gonna be to so deal cool. Deal with the orcs that are down there still. It, it, it looks mm-hmm. so cool. It looks so. Cool. I can't wait. So I am in um, the I'm in the Discord server for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about with Arondir and Bronwyn. Uh, it was nice to have them. Uh, yeah. they didn't play too like at first like. They played as a point of being like an introduction to the men of the Southlands, the kind mm. of conflict they have with the elves, their complicated history, how some of them of are evil more set up with like Adar and Adar. With Adar, and... Yeah. yeah. The kind of the little uh, kind of fake uh, fake out with him being, mm. oh, he's Sauron, and it's like, no, he's actually not Sauron. Yeah. Um, and we also get the fantastic character of Adar, who's one of the first actual orcs oh, in that he is, he looks like an elf. He's, he's a little scarred, but he, he looks, he talks, he acts like an elf. But then when he cuts himself, he has the black blood of the orcs. And you're like, he's a proto orc basically. And it's very that's, cool to kind of good. see he's the missing link. He's the missing like, link between elf and orc. Such a fucking inspired character. Like, and I, like I he couldn't, I can't. Treats talk the about orcs as his children. Yes. He like, reg- like that entire scene of him being like, seeing how the sun affects one of these orcs, and how he's totally unaffected by the sun. And he's just like, I wish you could feel the sun like I can. Like hmm. the that the fact that we have degraded so much that that like our people can't even be in the sun anymore because it just hurts so much. And the fact that he's willing to completely negate it. He's like, you you never will have to feel the sun. Because you know what? I'm going to fucking activate yeah. Mount Doom with my sun. trap card. Yeah, and the fact that it's... at first I'm like, this special sword, what is it? What is it? Is it is it, is it like going to activate Mount Doom? Actually, no. It just opens this dam, this ancient dam that Sauron had built at some point, And they just funnel all the water into the volcano to make this explosion. It was but really cool. It was really cool to it. watch. It was so again, I I I'm a sucker for a green Mordor. I'm a sucker for yes. what was oh, this man. land like before evil touched it? Because volcanic soil famously really good for growing shit in yes. and for everything mm. to be green and growing and for Mount Doom itself or Orodruin, the Fire Mountain, to be dormant for a time and have green like tr- like greenery growing along the sides of it. It was just oh, it magnificent was so to witness. Just it was and just so beautiful. being able to see it. You, I like watched a few of the early episodes. You can see it in the background at times. You can oh. see this singular mountain with just like this little like capped off cone, basically, just yeah. out there. And now I'm like, oh my it's god, just kind of sitting there. Yeah, and it's like it was just so good to see. Mordor as the Southlands, basically, because it wouldn't be called Mordor at that time, and it was yeah, and it was I, very very fun to see, and I, I feel his... like okay. all right here, uh, no, no, here we go. go. No, <laughs> no, you go. What, what were you gonna say before I start? Because <laughs> uh, I feel like that's going to be our introduction to Mordor. I feel like our next season with uh, Aaron Deer and Bronwyn is our introduction to Gondor before it is really Gondor. We are going yeah. to have the Numenorian port city of P- uh, Pelargir, where we're going to have Numenor influence, but then we're also going to meet the Men of the Mountains. We're going to have interactions between them and 
theirs, basically. And uh, Theo will continue his path down the road to eventually becoming one of the Ringwraiths. Yep. Oh Seems shit! Like it. Uh, it he he like he. She was so willing to use that fucking cursed blade. I I do that, not doubt that he would take blade. up a ring of power at the drop mm, of a hat. I'm no, sorry. Theo the, wants to do so much good that his he saw his mom do that he's willing yeah. to do anything, and that's gonna it's be very, his downfall. It's very funny because it's like he lost this cool sword and he and he was really into it. And then Galadriel gave him another sword to fill his sword-shaped hole in his soul. And now he's got his sword. And somebody's going to go and take the sword. And then he's going to be like, no, I need No, no, I want, I want that sword to hole. stay with him, especially him as a Nazgul. But by then it's been corrupted. And oh, man, actually, that's... God, that, be, that looks Damn. like a corrupted elven sword. Slaps the shit out of me. Anyway. Right. But yes, I, right. uh, what was your will... Okay, listen. I... <laughs> In the end, the Southland story was really great because it included all of this stuff, included Adar. It it, it it like had all these really cool moments. It was it was it it, it got interesting. I had gripes in terms of um, firstly, I had gripes in terms of like the uh, what's the word? It's it was like uh, it wasn't very clear, right, on what the elves were actually doing. Like 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 there was no point at which I I, I understood precisely how the elves actually operated in, around in and around the Southlanders. Like what would have happened? What does happen when an elf finds that a, a human has been, been behaving badly, right? Like what is this what is this regime like? Okay? Like that, that I wanted to understand that basically because it, all you really saw was just humans being grumpy about elves being there and there was no real point where it was like the elves had like the the feeling that you got was that the elves were like pretty brutal about this especially when you talked to the watch warden right like 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 the, it sounded bad but we they never still, got any they still view them as the criminals that their ancestors yes. were basically but we never got any confirmation on how they treated them because of that right so i was i was a little i was annoyed by that i wanted there to be a, be more like like d- doubling down on actually just visually explaining how this how this actually worked um i also felt like I, I I felt like the the development of the Southlanders as a culture was kind of lacking. There were moments when I really enjoyed it. Things like they are still they still have these these like pillars up with yeah these <laughs> with old these, standing with stones these heretical with um these are depictions of the great eagles eating yes, people, which eating they people. probably did in the <laughs> they last battle. Probably did like... definitely one hundred percent that happened. But like and like I re- like I enjoyed that. But like other than that, everyone was dressed in these very gray clothes, very like, generic no real... medieval peasant. Yeah. Looking. And that was that annoyed me. It also, of course, it also annoyed me that 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 like Mordor and then being in the same like lateral line as Gondor, right, had a had a climate that would looked colder than Linden. Like I was, I was kind of irritated by that because like it's Mediterranean down here, and Linden is like close to Forachel, which is like all ice. So. <laughs> So like I wanted there to be a bit more differentiation between like I more know Lindon is supposed Yeah, like more just like aromatic landscapes with more cypress trees, all of that kind of stuff. Like that's Pretty what flowers. I was looking for. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. And but they did they did just kind of go into this nondescript European kind of 
landscape, right? Which was well, they, but they again, saw they... they saw Gondor in uh, <sighs> in Peter Jackson's, and were like, "Oh, that's what I, I should swear to God, like. I swear to okay, okay, listen, 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 listen. I swear well, at least to God, Numenor if, if Pelagia, no, but listen, if Pelagia is a abandoned ruin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna just, I'm just you're just gonna hear me cry, like, and not in a good way. I'm gonna just be sobbing my heart out, like, like anyway. <laughs> anyway, but the point. But well, the point is, the point is, the point is that um, that I like I had graduated that. I just kind of felt that the Southlanders plot was a little bit like like it was certainly the plot where I was like, like a, 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 in the end it got good. And also I liked all of the characters separately. Uh, and I'm gonna go ahead and this is and this is just this is just this is entirely personal opinion. But I did not I was not captivated by the romance between. Aaron Deer and I don't think Robin. very many people actually were. Well, a lot of people yeah. on Tumblr seem to be quite quite into it, but I think it's I mostly due to the it. fact that Aaron Deer is drop dead gorgeous, and yeah, you could technically make a gift set of him with any of these characters. Yeah. You could make one of him and Waldrig, <laughs> and yeah. be like, "Oh, look at them—the forbidden love between this topless mm. innkeeper and the fucking." <laughs> Cause like, cause like, I think the issue was like, like, cause I read like at one point or another, Ishmael Cruz Cordova was talking about the relationship, and he was like, "Well, um, Arandir fell in love with Bronwyn first because she was so like boisterous and 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 she and she was she would like talk to him about like she would like defend her people to him and like be really um bold in her speech and and, and he, she wasn't afraid of him and he was he slowly was like." was like captivated by her energy and all of that stuff which sounds like that sounds great but we didn't get like we didn't get any of that really yeah their characters and, suffered because we didn't get to see their actual love story yeah and and i think and i think like like because that's the other thing right like because individually they were great characters i loved seeing them individually they did mm-hmm. great stuff and you know what aradia and theo's relationship amazing beautiful 10 out of 10 loved seeing it loved seeing that it was really cool to watch that watch that grow and i was really into every single scene that they had together it's it was just and bronwyn too she was great on her own and and like they were perfectly reasonable characters when they were together it was just like there were very few moments where i was like captivated by Mm. their actual relationship which just kind of seemed very it just just seemed very dry no one could have as much chemistry as Elrond and Durin so therefore anything aside from it just kind of (laughs) falls flat (laughs) they needed to they needed to drop Arendir and um, Bronwyn into a cave and get them both really sweaty and then have one of them like half propose to him and then also Arendir needed to like lick like bite his tongue in the middle of talking to each like I I don't know what they were trying to express with that scene Mm. with Durin and and Elrond I like I feel like I know but I feel like they truly they're not saying that but but there seems to be no Anyway, the point is yes. <laughs> the point is that the, the the Southlanders plot I think was the one that fell flat to me, and I feel like could have they, there could have been more visual, interesting, and and also like development done with. I just with have to thank Aaron Deer for giving me cool elf shit. Like I was here he was for him, great. looking rad as I hell the him. whole time, and like jumping yeah. off, doing flips, doing things that are like throwback to like Legolas fighting. I yeah. was here for it. Except better. 
It's yeah. a better than Legolas fighting. And also I really liked I liked his relationship with Methor. Like again, I liked Arandir as a character by himself. He had cool things to say and he had cooler moments. Him with Adar, very interesting. I was interested inter- like him being stoic really worked when he was interacting with other characters. But then as soon as he was interacting with someone he was supposed to be in love with, it was like, mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. But I loved Arandir. He was great. I was really into him and he had great, great flips. He caught that arrow so cool. He had a really he had a really nice way of moving. He was very graceful. He really emblematic like he was very emblematic of elven grace. Beautiful. Perfect. Ten out of ten elf. Yes. Um couldn't have uh, asked for better. Uh it wasn't bad, could be lacking. Mm. Um It's uh Sorry, my I just my brain just imploded. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I have time. Hobbit time. Well, not necessarily. Okay. Da-na-na-na-na-na. Quick sidestep. Yeah, sidestep. Go ahead. Numenor. Oh God. Aaron, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let you talk very much about Numenor that's because good, we'll be here all shout. day. Yeah. If any Give of you would like to know what five uh, Aaron go. thinks, please <laughs> feel free to contact them over Twitter at Lesbians for Boromir. Is it that? Is that it, or is it just lesbian? Actually, I think it's Boromir. just lesbian Boromir. It's at lesbian, lesbian Boromir, Boromir. no doubt they would Boromir. be thrilled to answer your questions. I, I will would. just say, we'll just say this. I I think Numenor was very well done. It was a very distinct culture. We got to see different aspects of it. I was really uh, enjoyed seeing Farazon. I am very interested by his character. Actually, being able to see him actually do political maneuvering. Uh, I also just love how iconic he looks. He's not like Amazing. the fucking golden boy he's always Perfect. depicted in. Uh, we we see him as this hairy hairy man, a very hairy man, uh, <laughs> but very. Uh, respectable. I fucking die over the fact that he's so respected because he has a guild crest, one of like a guild crest for each of the guilds in Numenor Sweet. on a fucking sash. Like the fucking design of that is great. The design of the buildings. Uh, I enjoy uh, Tar Palantir uh, and Muriel's kind of relationship with him being almost kind of cursed by dreams. I feel like okay. I will gripe about this because I can't let Aaron gripe about this because we have we have no time for that. We have no time. Thank you. <laughs> Palantirs don't show you the future. They Thank show you. you what is currently happening. They are fucking satellite images. They are not time machines. They're also telephones. They could have. They could and telephones. Well, if you have, if someone else has a Palantir. If someone else has They're also um, telephones. <laughs> uh, and um, like that's that's their use. It's it's almost it's very uh. Um, utilitarian. It's it's yes. very much a tool. And, and nothing well done, Feanor. Well done, Feanor. You made a yeah. really cool tool. Well done. You made a cell mm. phone. Um, <laughs> and that's what they do. It doesn't show you the future. Uh, I feel like they could have just foregone that part and simply say, "My father is cursed with visions," yeah. and uh, it's something that our line, being descended from Elros, has to deal with. Uh, yes. In that we uh, like every generation, the dreams get worse, and that maybe that, that it can point at, to that as how the other kings of Numenor were getting so desperate and started like closing off Numenor uh, out of fear because they keep having these dreams, and 
I feel like that could have served a much greater purpose yeah. uh, than introducing the Palantir. Also, it's because I've been watching House of the Dragon and the idea of Targaryens having uh, prophetic dreams and then <laughs> fucking everything up on account of those dreams to prevent them. I, yeah. mwah, that theme has just been really Perfect. resonating with me. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Elendil Isildur. Very good. His daughter, Erwin. I, I can never fucking Yarian. get her name. Yarian. Yarian. Uh, like, I don't know what Yarian is going to be about. I think they're setting her up to be almost kind of the member of the House of Elendil who sides with Sauron when he eventually comes to Numenor. She's, she's not going to be the Witch King, but she, I want her to be the Witch she's King. She's not going to so be the badly. Witch King, but it'd be really nice if it. she was a Nod school. I, uh, my theory is that she's going to become a Nazgul. Farazan's son is going to be like the high priest of Sauron. Mm. Uh, and then, like, he'll. Kemen will die, and then she'll escape with, like, I a forgot about Kemen. I completely yeah. forgot about him. Kemen with his, tuck, with his Tucker Carlson haircut. <laughs> I like him, but he's uh, quite forgettable. Maybe because he's, he's we don't nice. see him that much. Also, like,. I don't know. I ship him a little bit with Isildur, if only because of that one scene where yeah, one scene. <laughs> where where Kemen was trying to burn down the ship, and then they funny. both kind of fucked up. It was it was very funny, but also how very they kind of covered for each other. I like that. Anyway, big fail. Numenor, like Numenor, like fail son, fail son, shake hands. Yeah. Kind of energy. Numenor, very good, delectable sets, cool Super. characters. Uh, again, Elendil, I, he's so craggy. I love him so fucking much. Oh, uh, so it, it, it leaves me wanting more. I'm betting we're getting an Arion next season uh, because Isildur is still in be. Mordor, and we have an Arion. I kind of want, I kind of want Sauron Halbrand to find Isildur and be like, "Hey, it's me, Halbrand. You don't yeah, know me so. as anyone else. <laughs> Come on, let's fight Adar." And then they kind of team up, and only at the end the, we get another Sauron reveal, and he's like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> No, uh, I also want a Mandil. He a can't Mandil keep getting alive. away with this. <laughs> just like um, that. It's just like that. And yes, yeah, so uh, we'll definitely have like the separate uh, stories. Numenor, I think, is going to be going for the worse. I don't the know how Muriel's going to... Very, very quickly, the only issue with yeah. Numenor that I have to say is elves coming over here and stealing our jobs. I I still, <laughs> I, I, I can't get over it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've tried my best. I've been doing, I've been doing exercises. I've been, I've been, I've been talking to myself. I've been looking at myself in the mirror saying, it's just an interpretation. It doesn't actually matter. It's okay for some people to have weird opinions about elves. I can't get over it. I'm so sorry. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That guy um, was just one of those conspiracy theorists. He's like... <laughs> the royal family's turning and the frogs gay here in Numenor so they can give the jobs to queer elves I that guess man. that's kind of what he was doing but I still like because it was done in a public forum it was kind of expressed as if this is a pub like and people started agreeing with him and like oh trust me though Infowars is also a public forum no I know but is... like you know what I mean like it was in the middle of the square people I were really it. into it and I was just ah, no that's not the problem, but anyway, they, they've already, anyway. they've actually they've actually addressed. They're starting to address and yeah, Farazan like, immediately yeah. just shut him down with like, really? That's what you're he scared of? One he elf was, who was... just showed up. But he didn't say that's insane. Elves don't fucking want your job, which I needed him to say. <laughs> <laughs> I needed him to say that. It's so insane. Well, but maybe anyway. that's a plot line that will return when elven migrants start coming to Numenor. And... No, 
No, you can't do that to me. Not I will use that to taunt you to no end. Mm, Alright, we are closing in on the second hour, so now we have to go to the Jesus. final reveal. The stranger was Gandalf, everyone. Well, and no, everyone listen. who's saying... Okay, no, no, don't say... Oh, listen, Paul. Listen. <laughs> it couldn't... It, maybe it's just another of the Astari. <laughs> we, no, Always follow was, your nose. <laughs> listen, we no, should just disappear, Aaron, no, and just have to Paul, say. like, voice us both and have the conversation. Yes. He's doing a One really good Paul job. Show. But no... <laughs> but li- listen... I was on I was on Team Gandalf this whole time, and I still am. Yes, he's definitely Gandalf, but I just wanted to say we haven't had like a Sauron like like he hasn't named himself, right? Like we're all pretty sure he's Gandalf. It is still it is still possible for him to be not a, another different type of wizard, but he's mm. definitely a wizard. We've yes. we've confirmed wizard, confirmed wizard get, um, and he's gonna be Gandalf for sure, for definite, one hundred percent. Um, and I was right all along, and you can all um say, uh, well done, Aaron. I have two thoughts about that reveal. Uh, mm. one, it was it didn't seem as like surprising or shocking, and I wanted something shocking, which is mm. fine. But I was like, oh, okay, Gandalf got it. We kind of already knew. However, yeah. with that being said, I like how, he, like, his, if it is truly Gandalf, his returning to Middle-earth, he was found by hobbits, he, like, goes on this adventure with hobbits, and it really, like, ties in why Gandalf has such an affinity for hobbits, and that part I thought was very, very cute. Mm-hmm. I will allow... Aaron, uh, shut Kaz up. To... Just don't talk. You're not allowed to talk... <laughs> When our beloved optimist here is so happy that Gandalf has met the I w- hobbits. I will be completely silent on Gandalf and his relationship to hobbits and the uh, issues thereof. I, I'm, there, I'm just being completely you can, you quiet can, about it. You can talk with Tori about that after she has <laughs> finished the books. How about that? Okay, How about that? All right. You will not well, poison I mean, her already... against them. You've already gone through the bit, which is one of the, like, it's the the foundational moment of, dear God, Gandalf, can you please stop taking advantage of... Anyway! Shut up. Rings of power. <laughs> anyway. Never mind. Making me mad. You make me mad. <laughs> um, so basically, I thought I was let down by this ending. One, yes. um... The trio of cultists, I really fucked with them. I loved their yeah. look. I was hoping that it would be Nori, uh, Gandalf, not Gandalf, and Poppy going off on an adventure into the east and leaving their families behind, which kind of happens. But I was thinking that these cultists would be consistently pursuing them almost mm. in a Naz- like a proto-Nazgul-esque way. Yeah. Uh, they're in white instead of black, but they're still very uncanny. Like that moment when uh, uh, Nori, like when they're tracking him and Nori interrupts them and they vanish and then appear right behind her. Like that moment, yeah. like it, it was so uncanny. I fucking loved it. And like their different abilities and powers were very cool. Um the fact that they got turned into moths, I thought was actually pretty fucking dope, but I could have had, I could have gone with that in like a later season. I would have yeah. liked them to be recurring antagonists. Um, and like, they were wraiths, right? Like we're all pretty sure that's what they were supposed yes. to be. I was still 
I was still. Yeah, I'm still they kind of were like wraith-like creatures. They were gaunt yeah. men. Shout out to Lord of the Rings. Online. Uh, shout out to Lord of the Rings. Online. They were gaunt men. <laughs> they were gaunt uh, men. Shout out to the or gaunt terrible women, blade yeah. blood tree in Minas Morgul for making them. Um, not that Minas Morgul. I actually just anyway. I just reached that part and uh, ah, I just I, I just fought Morloth the profane and I'm oh, like, oh, Morloth this the is profane. good shit. <laughs> this That's is my good fucking shit. guy. It's good shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, uh. I, disappointing uh they didn't have to do Sadduck like that uh, they, did so they sad could that. they really i love that man so much and granted <sighs> he, he, the, he did die very gracefully in his little i just like to sit here for a while was yeah. a very hobbity way to go and i'm like god i hate you guys for this you did this well you just should have done it at like a much later time because I, lenny henry a is a gift yes just, yeah. just such a gift not be there and for while, future seasons. And while they have, like, Malva as the new leader with, like, Poppy kind of being her apprentice, like, yeah, they're definitely but... setting Poppy up to be, like, the leader after Malva passes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's still, But like... it just... it I, I liked Lenny Henry. He was such a yeah. good part. He was yeah, such an iconic magic. part of the Harfoots. He was, like, the grumpy old man. He was like, ah, yeah. are you sure you're not part squirrel and, like, that kind of thing. And I, just, I, I think there would yeah. have been a more interesting, like, there would have been a more interesting plot to go down with the Harfoots if Lenny Henry had been disabled by what happened, and then they, and then they did carry him back, and then, mm-hmm. like, they, they were like, what if we stopped start leaving people behind? Yeah, looking for more permanent homes. More permanent homes, like all of that, like that would have been more interesting. I, I, it, he's just a, he's just a loss, which I don't think we needed. I don't think we yes. needed this man to die for this. To like, work it was a very, it was a very sad death. It was touching yeah. when he died, but I just didn't want him to. Yeah. It wasn't um, odd that he got stabbed in his stomach and then was just like running around hitting people with mallets and stuff, and, and, and not mallets. He was stabbing people's feet and running around and stuff. Like he, he he did he did he was quite like like they really did do a number on us of like no he's fine because he did yeah. look really fine like he yeah. looked super. I fine thought like when he first got like stabbed, it like hit his cloak or something, or it was it was quote unquote yeah. just a flesh wound, like it hit his yeah. side, and he'd be like, I'm all right, I'm not, well, I'm old, not. Yeah. I'm not made of butter. Like I can keep going, uh, but yeah, that was a real loss. I didn't like that. Um, Poppy and Nori being separated so quickly oh, yeah. is I was what annoyed me. Absolutely expecting Poppy to again. Like, run I know, I know. Aaron has yeah. made a thing of don't call them Frodo and Sam. They're their own characters, but they were <laughs> like storytelling mechanics wise. I saw them as our Frodo and Sam, where they're the duo of hobbits going on an yeah. adventure. They were I, good friends. I thought they were going to go along with Gandalf, not Gandalf, into the East together. When, yeah. like, Poppy does the run after Nori, I immediately was thinking of fucking Sam, like, getting into the water and swimming out to Frodo's boat. Um, But then she just stays, and... She has that line of like, "Why do all the people I love go away?" Oh, and so it, it, heart-wrenching. I, that killed me because yeah. like she's the last fucking proud fellow. Yeah, it 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 hurts so much, and I I just wish, and I just enjoy that actress, and I I needed yeah. her cynicism around Gandalf, not Gandalf, because Nori and G- Gandalf, not Gandalf, are already buddy buddy. Yeah, I, I love needed the Gandalf, not Gandalf. I needed, I needed the, it. I needed the Aaron in Poppy Proudfellow to be around <laughs> with them and <laughs> be like distrustful much. of him and yes. just be like, oh, how does he not know how to use a, a, 
a, a fork or some shit like that. Like, like she... I, admittedly, to be yeah. fair, it, it's perfectly plausible that eventually Poppy will somehow be needed like need to run after them like I, and i i feel like probably that is where they're going to go considering they have spent pro- pretty much the entire season developing the fact that poppy and nori are really really good friends it would be very strange writing to just do that whole thing for this season and then like just drop just it compl- just drop it immediately by the third by the second season mm-hmm. that would be odd and so it's it's probably plausible that somehow she will get over there somehow but it, and it, but at I this really... point it doesn't look like it we and I really want my them. theory of uh, Poppy Proudfellow and Nori Brandyfoot uh, creating the Proudfoot family together is uh, uh, that's that's still yeah one of my yeah favorites. yeah. I think it, it's it's it, my crack theory, but yeah. No, it's a good theory though. Like it's not a bad one. I'm here for I it. okay. Here's the thing. I, this is I this is good. This is going to be um, controversial potentially. I think I, people have heard me say this before, but anyway, I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, the Hobbit storyline. I really enjoyed it up until yes, I mean, up, I mean, it was it was okay. It like it was yeah. it had a really it had a really nice like ending at the very end because them saying goodbye to Nori was very sweet, etc. But despite all of that, this was a completely unnecessary storyline <laughs> and added nothing to the greater narrative yeah. of this show. And I don't. And considering it's... the fact that they had to cut so much. And they had, to, and apparently they've had to lose these two episodes. And apparently we were supposed to like all of that. It shouldn't have been in this show. Like I'm sorry, we should, it was. It's not a useful narrative to have, and I think it just took up time that could have been way better used in other areas. Um, and that I don't think I'm going to. I, I consider like considering we've gotten this far into a whole season, like one fifth of the whole show. And I still have it, the the Hobbit storyline has still not justified itself to me in this show. I I don't think it's going to at this point. So I I, I think I'm going to stick with that opinion for the rest of the show. It might it might, it might change. I I it is an unnecessary element of the show because I don't it think is. it'll play too much into what else is going on. Yeah. I think it just gives um, a little bit of that lightheartedness. But, in... yeah, a little yeah. yeah. Well, of course that's what the Harfoots were always going to be. They're always going to be the more lighthearted element of middle earth because that's, that's the hobbits. That's the, that's just the good normal people, you know? Um, They're the only ones who got one of their main characters killed off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it, at the end of the day, it's, I think it's going to be kind of like, maybe they will tie it in. Maybe some, there is something out in rune. Uh, because that's where they wanted to take Sauron, because apparently he had been there before, and maybe they're going to find something that affects what happens with the rings or some shit. Maybe that's... Maybe. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? That There's so suppose... much that could possibly happen. Yeah, I suppose and they I, are including... I really want to see Rune. I want to see what's out there. I kind of I kind of want this idea of almost it being like a ruined empire of the Great East that was like so great and powerful but like now it's a lot of like big ruins and it's just like well, oh, what or, like, it, I, 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 that, that's just kind of like the vibes i want to see where it's well like, but listen alternatively it is a fully flourishing empire that sauron will eventually go to and then take over and then that will be another major part of his forces for the war that's going to happen later because that why have that the fall work. of a great empire when numenor is going to be right fucking there 
Well, no, because because you can have two falls of great... Well, because they, this empire is not going to fall. Like, this empire is going to maintain oh, itself right. and be a major issue for Numenor, well, for Gondor for the rest of its life. So it needs to kind Maybe. of be somewhat there. Um, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be completely like like it's. It is gonna. It's gonna stay. <laughs> that rune gonna stay where it is for the next three thousand, four thousand something yeah. years. So, um, we'll see how but, that goes. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's potential. I'm. 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 I'm not gonna be as interested probably as I will be in these other plot lines because the other plot lines kind of interact with each other. But um, yeah. you know, when we do little shout outs to fucking. Gandalf Batman and Nori Robin like that'll be an interesting kind of like a little dynamic duo and I'll be interested to see what characters they might meet out in the east because we have never gone east in Middle Earth and I think it's high time we did um, we are at two we are past two minutes so I gotta two hours. I gotta call it I gotta call <laughs> it guys um, so Last, yeah, I have one final question yes. like a quick yes. fire question for everyone um, God, favorite fire. thing about the show. Favorite thing. Okay. Oh. As you know, I, I gotta end it on end it on a high note. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm gonna say it. My ability to ship Sauron and Galadriel. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Spicy. Oh, is, I will. Amazing. I will. I put this in Aaron's server, but I'll say it on here. There is something so attractive of being close to a person. And trusting them, only them to only for them to reveal themselves as the person you've hated your whole life without realizing it, but then them quickly offering you like to basically marry you and be like rulers of the world together, mm, and the temptation of that, especially to someone like Galadriel who is trying to achieve stuff. That bitch, like two episodes ago, told Adar she was going to genocide every single orc <laughs> on the fucking planet, <laughs> and like, and Adar just had to sit there and take it, like, it, it like, uh, like she has the potential to become. And, like, the fact that they're quoting, like, the not dark, but beautiful and powerful yeah, as the good. foundations of the earth. And, like, that kind of view of what Galadriel could be if she fell to this kind of temptation of power yeah. that Sauron would offer her. Yeah. Good shit, and good that shit. is. And, and, and then, again, the just spin around of them on the raft and then seeing their reflections in the water, but it's mm. her next to the. The basically horned figure of Sauron, just mm, mm, mama mia. That was that's a good a, image. That's a good. Did that's you, a spicy meatball. Did you read the very funny article that I posted in the uh, in in? I, my, I did not. I did not yet. No. Okay, but uh, just very briefly because it's very funny. It was this person being like, "They're making Sauron into a hunk, but he's evil, and now people will want to be it will be huh. interested in him sexually." And it's like, Madam, oh, silly. That's the whole point. <laughs> Silly, silly. <laughs> it was very funny to read, but anyway. So you've, so you've, you've fallen for it, Kaz. You're, you, you, you're the, you're the reason this show Look, is bad. Evil apparently. is sexy. Okay, is. evil is sexy, and more funny. people need to admit it. And yeah. also the fact that you have all these different fucking interactions between them. Him telling her to bind herself to him on the fucking raft, <laughs> knowing what he does with those who bear the rings. Just, mm, Oh, beautiful. Love that. Paul is like, Fucking, Paul is like I it is art. Would, it is okay. art. It is high art. Oh, you bet your ass I'd be a Nazgul lickety <laughs> Paul is like, You bet uh, your ass. 
It is, Sorry, it is Galadriel, way I'm too different. fucking easy. As much as I'm like a fucking elf defender over here, mm, if given the like ability to fucking be with Sauron, mm, look, man, I <laughs> every man's got his weakness. Everyone's you got heard his weakness. You heard it here first, folks. Kaz wants to get that Sauron in bed. He you know what, Paul? I very support warm. you. I also support him. Um, I, I support... What else? Uh, oh, okay. Also, I was gonna say one more thing mm. with that. Um, mm. And then you also just have then the fucking sexual tension between Sauron constantly seeking for Galadriel in the Third Age and her constantly rebuffing uh, any yes. of his fucking temptations, really. And again, it makes um, her and Celeborn's relationship. It just adds more spice to this relationship with. I, yeah, I want to see how that spice. happens. Yeah, desperately needs spice. They are trying every single. I want him, every single trick in the goddamn book to make him to be, interesting. I want her to. I want him to be her nurse, Nightingale. I want her to be like injured and then like he's basically like healing <laughs> yes. her and just like. That's oh, a good idea. Hello, I'm I'm Celeborn, and she's like, I'm going to peg you. <laughs> anyway, uh, Aaron, your favorite uh, my... thing. My favorite thing is the denethorification of Elendil. <laughs> the denethorification of Elendil is one of the most inspired concepts I I had never even thought of in my, like like to me Denethor was Anarian and Isildur is uh Isildur is Aragorn right that's always been in my head how that worked out no Rings of Power said listen hear me out. Denethor is actually Elendil. <laughs> Hear me out. Elendil is Denethor. <laughs> Denethor is Elendil. Elendil is having a crisis of faith. His son he lost, mm. and in and in the losing of that son, he is and and he is the son that was still staying by him. Like like there's there's Faramirification with um Isildur, but if you take oh. if you take like if you take like um Isildur as Boromir as like the first death that. Denethor faces that like crumble some of his faith and the idea that Anarian's death because you know he's again he's like the the son that like he's really fallen out with and and like it's the way it's the way he struggles it's the way you could just put the words I sent my son unblessed into his mouth and it would fit like 100% it's the way that he like is crumbling under the weight of this of like being a religious martyr, the, 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 like, being, uh, what was, what was he called? The Noachian is the way, um, uh, Noachian is the way, uh, Tolkien describes Elendil, as in, like, Noah, but, like, if you think about the way Noah struggles with the, with, with this burden that has been placed upon him of being this, like, leader out of the darkness, but he is still going to have to watch all these, not only watch all these people die, not only watch his son suffer, but watch his sons die for this whole cause, and, like, he's gotta just deal with it, because he, tech, he, like, feels it in his heart and in his soul, that he can't get away from this, he can't, he can't escape this fate, he is a martyr, but he's a reluctant one, and it's just... Uh, inspired, incredible, one, 10 out of 10, amazing characterization. I don't even care that his crisis of faith or his initial one in any way was so short. I don't even care. It was still uh, transcendent. Could never have even imagined I would get such a great... Um, the ability to say that Elendil and Denethor have far more in common than Elendil and Aragorn. Mwah. Love that for 10 you. 10 out of 10. Love Perfect. that for you. What about you, Tori? It, it really... 
it's good for me. It's good. It's good for my heart. I I will live more years now because that because they gave me this. Um, I will, I will, I will, I will. Uh, literally five years have been added onto my life because mm. of the denifor- the denethorification of Elendil. Um, yeah. Uh, mine is two parter. Uh, I think I've talked about this numerous times. I don't know if it's on the pod or if it was in the lost episode, but uh, just the fact that they gave me a black elf. I didn't think it would hit me until I saw him there and just like Mm -hmm. the waves of emotion of seeing yourself represented in this race that you love and adore so much for like the first time. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I get emotional just talking about again, just to see that represented. And it helps too that uh, he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But just having black elf, black hobbits, uh, black dwarves, black characters, colored characters is so so cool um and then just with the show the elrond and duran's relationship the whole drama of it the push and pull of it i just love race and inter-race relationships so that just immortal mortal missing out on Mm. life is like i love it i want more of it i love them so much yes yeah I, I do want to. I do want to just briefly shout out for Tadisa, who like we didn't talk about enough in this episode, but like <laughs> she's so gr- she, like she's, she's so, so beautiful. She like she yes. takes my breath away every single time I see her on the screen. Like she's just yeah. so gorgeous. Like I, 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 the the shape of her is just so amazing, and they just haven't. And her love, great. her love for Durin, and his love for Ugh, her, and how. That- amazing like, stuff she's so happy to tease him for like how much he loves elrond as an elf and like it's great uh, it's just they're it it's so pure it's so pure and i love that for them uh so all right so we gotta stop we gotta well, wrap it as up. much as i'd love for like a four-hour episode i also know <laughs> i need to edit this at some point and i'd much <laughs> hate i'd hate man. myself much more for that so thank you everyone for listening into this uh, very kind of slapdash review of uh, what we thought about Amazon's and the Rings of Power. On the whole, pretty good. Some things could be improved, but we're eager to see where the story goes from here. Uh, special thanks, of course, to Jack Hook for yeah, Jack. Uh, composing the intro and outro music. And special thanks to Evelyn for uh, putting together our uh, cover art. Special thanks, of course, to Aaron for being on this podcast with us and just being (laughs) such a good friend of ours. You're both so welcome uh, that I grace you with my presence. Uh, yes. <laughs> thank you, we thank are you so very worthy. much for digging me out of my mud every single time you want to talk about Rings of Power. It's really the pleasure is ours. <laughs> and special thanks to our patrons for supporting us over there on Patreon. If you would like to donate and uh, also get some bonus content, uh, head that way to patreon.com slash thesillymerillion. Mm, we're going to make Paul watch Twilight. It's happening. And, yeah, this oh. month, uh, the uh, we our two bonus episodes. Our first episode is us going to be sharing spooky stories that we've heard and uh, local mysteries uh, because it's spooky month and uh, this month's uh, movie reaction will be me watching Twilight for the first time uh, and you all get to witness my many sighs and groans as mm-hmm. I am forced to sit through that I can't wait, uh, I can't wait so to yes. make Silmarillion references while watching Twilight if, you, if you'd <laughs> like to follow us on Twitter we are uh, at goodlookinggeek for my Twitter account 
over there. Uh, and then at Toriello for underscore for Tori. And then our Twitter account over there is at Silly Marillions. And we just post random nonsense there. I, 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 post, I just post a lot of memes mostly on my <laughs> own account. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time. Ta-da. 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 Ta-da.